Hi, I'm Jimmy Navio. Hi! Dude, that host, Gator Pete, what is up? Thank you for dropping that host on me. Welcome, everyone. I feel I'm so nervous now. There's all these people here. Usually the podcast starts off slow. You just kicked us right in the nuts with like 30 viewers. So uh, for those who don't know, my name is Jimmy Navio. I started doing a podcast every Wednesday night where we talk about stupid like nerd shit and sometimes important shit. Last week we talked all about uh, the vote on the ballot in November. Um in California, there it's it, 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 they officially got enough votes for it to be on the ballot to turn California into three states. We talked about that last week. That was some shit. That's a glass glass. Whoa, really? Yeah, it's going to be on the ballot in November. Fucking, there's no way the federal government's going to be like, okay, let's remake all our flags. Like, fucking, even if it passes, it's stupid. It, it'll never fly. But it's kind of it's kind of fun, but yeah. So we talked about that last week. If you didn't if you didn't see that podcast, go check it out. This is officially podcast number seven. We're calling this one just one more because this week we're going to talk a little bit about the recent uh, the WHO W H O whatever World Health Organization. I don't know whatever they're called. They uh, officially uh, uh, created a a, a uh, mental illness called um, video game disorder. So we're going to pull up an article and we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, <laughs> I have an illness. <laughs> you so handsome, Jimmy. I took a half day from work today and I went and had a tasty ass lunch and a few drinks with the wonderful lady Navio. I had the best. What was that pizza called? It was called Dude Ranch. That pizza was delicious. Instead of. Instead of uh, pizza sauce, it had a ranch dressing as the pizza sauce, and it was just all the good stuff. You had ass for lunch? Yes. Yes. Dude ass. <laughs> I hate you guys so much. Anyway, my uh, co-host is with us to sip ass. There you go. My co-host is here. His name is James28. He's a handsome motherfucker. And he has really good opinions on things, and I like talking to him. So I told him you're going to be my co-host, and he said, okay, I'll be your co-host. So we're going to hang out and talk about some stuff. Um, Dom and Darko, Gator Pete, or Lost Loves Games, I am not opposed to impromptu guests. So if you're still interested in being a guest, we can switch this shit up real quick. I'm going to start my conversation with James. But uh, you hit me up, you DM me, or just tell me right there in Twitch chat. Let me know if you want to jump in. If you want to join the conversation, I, I will send you a uh, request on the old Zoom chat, and uh, you can join. We can we can have a little talk. It'd be fun. So uh, without further ado, let me bring on my, my good good old friend. I haven't known him that long, so I can't say good old friend. My good internet friend, uh, Mr. James28. Also, he has a he. He's been making more videos, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. We had a fun little conversation before we uh, started the podcast. Also, we have a fresh Chiefs beef for you this week. Uh, he sent us uh, some notifications earlier. He he spent a little more time on it this week. We got some fresh beef coming at you. Jimmy bought me flowers today. Killing the game. I should go take a picture of the flowers. They they're good flowers. I was proud of myself. 
I'm getting dragged into streaming today. Dude, it's not, it's not a big deal. But the invitation is there if you want to jump in, be on the podcast, have a chat with us. Domin, you let me know. Hit me up and we'll make it happen. Anyway, let's uh, let's bring on James. There he is. Just like that. Click, click of a button and, he, and, he's, and he's here. And Hello he's, there. And he's proud. Oh, not so sure about that. <laughs> Are you not proud to be an American? Oh, of course, Jimmy. <laughs> The greatest country, in my opinion. Uh, but there's a lot of dissenting opinions as well. Did you hear oh. Trump? Trump's a hero now. He he signed oh, the thing he? saying the families can be with their kids. He's the one. He he oh. made he made everyone happy again, guys. <gasps> wow. He wasn't the one doing it in the first place at all. We don't talk about stuff in the past, Jimmy. No. Only look towards the future. He actually signed it. Yeah, now he's the hero, Gator Pete. Trump is the he's the best president of all times because he's gonna let babies be with their parents again. Um, not to go off on a political ch- tangent there. How you doing, James? Twenty eight. Doing good, Jimmy. How are you? I'm well. So James, before the uh, podcast started, he told me that uh, he's like, "Cool, I'm gonna wake up and do my thing." And uh, then what happened? Oh, oh, right, yesterday. I woke up. It was the it was the first time in a long time I've woken up and felt refreshed, ready to take on the day. And then it was ruined because my mother texted me, "Are you awake?" Somehow, at the exact moment I woke up, with a list of demands I needed to do. Well, you are you are currently living in her abode, so I am rent free. I get free food, so <laughs> the least I can do is contribute to the household. That's a wa- wage slavery. You gotta, you gotta earn your keep. So, so what, what was on the list? What was the, what was your least favorite thing that was included on the list from your mother of, oh, of honey, I, of honeydews? I always hate it when she says clean your room because one, my room is usually an acceptable level, and I woke <laughs> up that morning like, yeah, I'm gonna clean my room. But since she put that on the list, I was like, now I don't want to do it. <laughs> You're like, no, nah, fuck you, yeah, I'm not gonna clean my room. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to clean the room. It's going to look nice. But now that she put it, I'm like, I don't want to do it now. Like, <laughs> Lady Navio is exactly the same way. And like, yeah, If you tell me to do something I'm already going to do, that makes me not want to do it. Like, nah, I'm not going to do it now. We playing Cookie Clicker? Dude, Cookie Clicker was my shit back in the day. I wasted way too many hours on Cookie Clicker. That is the original, like, passive click game. Hmm. Once you... Yeah, bu- once you build enough, like, grandmas and farms... Oh, yeah, definitely. You're done. Mm-hmm. See, but then everything else on that list was just like, was just like, can you vacuum the living room? Can you wash some dishes? And I was like, all right. The room the, the room cleaning one got to you? Yeah. So it's like, my room is fine. I share this room. Why do I have to clean it? Yeah. I can see that. So we were also talking about... Uh, so for the again for those who don't know, Mr. James Twenty Eight, uh, he's been he's been an active member of the YouTube world since he was like twelve years old. Uh, he's been doing the the YouTube thing. Or, or, your your original videos were what like my, Minecraft? That was your first oh like, yeah foray into YouTube. Yeah, the current channel I have now is the longest one that's been running. But before that, I had two other ones. One. I don't know what happened to that. I stopped using it because I guess I forgot the password. 
But then the second one, I was like in middle school thinking I'm going to be, I think I'm going to be a great YouTuber. So I was making videos because I was like, I can make money playing video games on the internet. That sounds awesome to the middle school. <laughs> it still sounds awesome. What are you talking about? So I was doing that. And then I have, and then it was like actually two years ago, I was like, oh, I don't need those videos anymore. I deleted them. Which now I was like, that was a horrible mistake. I should have kept those so I can look back and see like how I was at that time. But then, yeah, with the newest one, I've been doing it for a long time. I started out doing Minecraft Let's Plays because I was like, I put in like 10 hours a day in Minecraft. Might as well record it. And it was fun. Yeah. It was really weird watching like my first video and being like, that's me. I sound nothing like that. And so, um, turn the music back, background music down just a little more. So, as a result, um, various members of your family now are somewhat aware of what you do. And we were talking about um, the whole... Uh, for a while, it was just pure ignorance. Like, I felt like there was no interest at all from the older generation as far as like the whole like what we're doing like the whole youtube thing and the whole uh you know online personality internet presence twitch like youtube uh soundcloud like there there's people who have made their entire music career out of soundcloud like there's a little straight up legit like soundcloud rappers and soundcloud like edm like people who are famous and all they did like all they do is just drop tracks on soundcloud and so, like, it to us, it's like, well, yeah, no, duh. Like, it's just a direct line to your audience. But for the older generation, it's it's interesting because they just don't understand it. You know, they it's just like so. You put, you make, you play video games, and you put these videos on the internet, and then you, you who pays you? And Who's your boss? How, where, how, you make, you make money? Like what, how does, they don't understand that, like, no, I'm my own boss. It's, it's something I do on the side. It's like a, you know, alternate source of income. They're like, well, how, wh how? Do they, they just give you money to make, to make these movies? Like it, it, it's so hard to have those conversations. My dad asked if streaming on Twitch, so make, uh, so much makes me socially retarded. <laughs> Sorry, that I murdered that sentence. My dad asked if streaming on Twitch so much makes me socially retarded. Well, Pete, are you? You could only answer that yourself. That's true. For all we know, you are socially retarded. I am, but I always was. <laughs> ah, there we go. Maybe that's... Not a, it's not a symptom. That was a pre-existing condition. Maybe more of us are socially retarded than we are, we're willing to admit. And now we have a platform where we can all just hang out and be socially retarded together. Maybe that's maybe that's why. That's the appeal. Hmm. But yeah, no, like uh, I personally like my dad's pretty open minded, and I've kind of explained it to him a couple times, and he's just like, okay, cool, yeah, whatever. But like, he has zero interest whatsoever in like. It's it's like he he's too old to be concerned with like these new things. He's just like cool. Like he'll he'll probably never watch my stream or anything. He goes to like Yahoo News and like reads the top three posts and then 
<laughs> goes about his day. That's about the extent mm. of his internet use. Uh, my mom, on the other hand, she coaches tennis for high school kids. And so uh, she uh, was telling, like, she got in a conversation with them and she was telling them that I do, like, she mentioned Twitch or something about, like, whatever. And uh, and they were like, oh, and they brought up Fortnite. And they were, like, trying to convince my mom to install Fortnite on her phone so that they could play it with her. Like, her tennis team was like, you got to get Fortnite so we can play it. And she, she, so she came home and she's like, what is Fortnite? And I was like, ah, oh, this is a really popular game. She's like, so like Counter-Strike or, you know, like, cause she remembered me playing a lot of Counter-Strike back in the day. And she's just like, they all keep telling me to install Fortnite on my phone. And I was like, nah, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's like, you don't have to do that. So I was kind of explaining to her the whole like ninja phenomenon and all that stuff. But she's just like, I don't like, I don't, they say you play this game with your friends on your phone and they're talking about like people like this whole stream thing i was like yeah like and i had to tell her she was like yeah the whole twitch like you know ninja or whatever and i was like yeah i like i stream on twitch like three three nights a week and she's like oh that's so it's the same thing and i was like yeah except i'm not famous and make half a million dollars a month Mm -hmm. but it's kind of funny like she finally started to kind of connect those dots a little bit once she had those conversations with her tennis students mm-hmm. Cause I, I did notice like when I started doing YouTube it was just like oh it's something my son does but then once the idea came up where I was like mother what's a W4 form she's like why didn't you know what that is I was like <laughs> oh so they can pay me she's like wait a minute they'll pay you money for this how does that work that when the money comes in it, that's when people start getting interested. Like, yeah. oh, wait a minute. There's income here. Tell me more. Yeah, nobody cared until, like, the that news report came out about Ninja making half a million a month. Mm-hmm. Then people were like, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> Night, ha- not- ha- what? Can you say that again? What? Half now, a million? Now everyone and their mom's like, wait, we need to get on this Twitch shit. Like, so the, I brought this up in the past on my on my podcast and on my stream uh one of the podcasts that i enjoy listening to is called your mom's house it's uh tom segura and christina pajinski they're both stand-up comedians they have specials on netflix but they do a podcast as a married couple and it's just like terrible like tommy buns yeah dude, it's one of my favorite all-time podcasts just terribly offensive podcast like super crass like totally my type of humor butts and farts and shit and eating ass and like that kind of stuff and uh they recently on their most recent podcast so two things one they went on h3h3 as a guest tom tom segura went on h3h3 as a guest on his podcast which i thought was pretty uh, that's a pretty big deal because tom segura's like an established comedian has three Netflix specials. He's got, he's, he's literally filming a movie right now. Um, and he went on H3H3, you know, some YouTubers podcast. I know it's not some YouTuber. I know H3 is like the, one of the biggest, like well-known YouTube channels, but it was a big deal. And, uh, then on their most recent podcast today that I was listening to, because their podcast comes out every Wednesday, they announced that they are going to be streaming their podcast episodes on Twitch 
before they post them on YouTube. So they're going to like do one of those feature live streams or whatever. They're going to stream. They're pre-recorded, but they're going to they're going to show them on Twitch with an audience and everything. So even they are like, oh, shit, this Twitch thing, like we need to get on this. So mm-hmm. the Your Mom's House podcast, you guys should go subscribe to that channel. Uh, and they even said that they're going to try and pop in and chat and like talk to people and stuff. So mm-hmm. that's really cool because I would love to just like shoot the shit with uh, Mr. Tom Segura in Twitch chat. Like they, it's exciting to see some of these bigger. Oh, and by the way, he also told um, Ethan during the H3 podcast that he's going to be he he just recorded Hot Ones. I don't oh, know if any. Did he? Yeah, so I think I'm so, pretty yeah, sure there's Tom. there's a Hot Ones episode with uh, Tom Segura that's uh, that's that's gonna be released sometime soon. By the way, this most recent season of Hot Ones, like a list, they're 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 getting some big names. They got uh, uh, Johnny Knoxville. They got uh, uh, what's her bucket? Uh, Natalie Portman. Like this new season that just started. Like the first three or four guests they've had so far have all been like really big names so i'm like the youtube shit's making a move mm-hmm. the ones that are doing it right the ones that are doing it like professional and like you know actually creating quality content and attracting talent and stuff so it's exciting to see that move i would love for the world to unplug i would love for the day when we don't need to rely on abc and nbc and fox and you know hbo or whatever and we can just say hey i made a video come check it out and like that's what they're afraid of i feel like like the older generation they're like wait like someone just paid you three dollars for no reason directly it's like no it's not like there's a reason we're providing content how is that any different than like the the only difference is there was no way for someone to produce their own content online in the past Without, in general. Yeah, without going through one of these massive conglomerates. Like, if some dude had an idea for a show, he had to go pitch it to Fox or NBC or whatever. And then maybe Cable they pick it TV. up. Yeah, or yeah, public access. But, like, that's a joke. There's, like, a whole 20 people that watch those channels. Yeah, I mean, that's why. Maybe PBS, like, they have some reach. But I feel like now anyone can just be like, hey, look at my shit. And if it's actually good then they have a shot you know they have they have an audience people will be like oh this guy's making something that's worth looking at or worth listening to whether it's you know music or 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 you know podcasts or uh comedy or whatever it is like you're only one step away from your audience now which i think is super exciting and i think that's what's hard for people to understand is that like you're paying for content like my parents pay like 150 dollars a month for a bunch of cable channels that they don't watch yeah and it's like you're paying for con you're paying way more for content than my viewers are because they'll give me like a two dollar donation or like a subscription for five dollars and that money goes directly to me there's no nbc or fox or fucking whatever they're just the twitch cut yeah i mean twitch takes a cut that's true there still is somewhat of a uh, a big brother there's a hand there's a hand that's dabbling in it but, yeah, but I'm okay no with secret. that yeah it, it's it's very it's transparent and the difference is a good portion of that's going to play to pay Twitch employees it's going for server maintenance it's going for like the platform that makes it possible for us to do 
what we want to do. So, yeah, and that's the other thing. I had to explain that to my dad. So, like, I was I was talking about the whole sports thing because the, the sports comparison where it's like, oh, so people watch you play games. And I'm like, yeah, but you sit there and watch, like, golf for three hours. Oh. And, and or I was like, you'll watch a Dodger game. And... But the difference is, can you can you pull up your keyboard? You just got crazy out of focus, James. Can oh, you pull wow. up your keyboard? And uh, hold on. Can you pull up your keyboard and type up? There you go. That's better. Oh, I didn't can, do anything. But. <laughs> just autofocused. Can you pull up your keyboard during a Dodger game and type a message to Derek Jeter or whoever the fuck? Like, no. Like that's the that's what makes it so like. The fact that I can be watching a pro speedrunner or, you know, uh, League of Legends player or like an IRL streamer, uh, you know, even celebrities who are streaming. Like, uh, there's quite a few UFC, uh, there's two or three UFC people who stream on a regular basis. Like, uh, what's his name? Ja- uh, Rumble. And uh, there's a couple other ones, but they they stream on a regular basis, and I can pull up my keyboard and type a message to them. Give them, you know, some of them maybe you need like a one dollar donation for your message to pop up. But I'm talking to that fool, like a professional in whatever field. I can sit there and have a conversation with him through Twitch. Like that's never gonna happen in mainstream media. You're never going to like whip out your keyboard and be like, Hey tiger, how's it going? I saw you get that par three. Good job, buddy. <laughs> like that, 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 it's a completely different experience and it's like so much more engaging and interactive. And I think it's just like the next step. I think like, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if old school media makes moves, but I think, this type of interaction is the future. Yeah, because I remember like when YouTube was a lot younger, the biggest like general consensus was that a lot of people that were getting big on YouTube, the end game was like get a part of like these larger like networks like NBC, like Fox, like doing like big movie like production type stuff. But then nowadays people are saying like, why? You can already do that stuff on YouTube, on Twitch. You can produce it yourself. Well, and even even like the quality of stuff that Netflix is putting out, like you know, they're they're a large company these days. So like, you can't say that they're still like some indie company, but oh yeah, but still like it's direct to you, commercial free, and the quality of content that they just consistently put out is just. It's stacking like no one can compete. I have no, I, I can't imagine. I know they pay a lot of money, but I know they make a lot of money too. Like from just straight up subscriptions and stuff. It'd be, I, I would love to get some stats. I would love to know some details about their, their business and their model because they're, there's so many shows on Netflix that I want to watch that I don't even have time to watch because they're consistently so good. Mm-hmm. Like I remember seeing like anime and stuff, and it's like, oh, that's a Netflix original. I was like, Netflix does stuff like that too now. What? Because they just expand with so much stuff. And like Pete's saying, they break even because they're they're 
they basically want to produce enough stuff to keep people going because like as we see like disney they have their own plans for their own streaming service because they basically want to pull all of their disney ip yeah make it so you can only watch disney stuff on the disney like streaming app right but like i can't even list all the shows that because like so for example arrested development Mm-hmm. Netflix like bought that uh, that IP, uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, uh, um, yeah. Altered Carbon, Peaky Blinders, uh, all of the fucking comedy specials. Like Netflix is killing it when it comes to comedy. Like so many Netflix exclusive like one hour specials. HBO mm-hmm. used to be the king of comedy. Like it that that was the place you went. Like getting an HBO special meant you made it like in the comedy world. And now like Tom Segura talked about it on the H three podcast where he was like, dude, I that first special I recorded, I was trying to get it like the whole point of recording that was to pitch it to HBO. Like I was trying to that was that was supposed to be my HBO special. And then they shot it down and he went to Netflix and was like, "Hey, I recorded this special," and they're like, "Cool, yeah, we like we want it." Like they didn't even they were just like, "Yeah, we'll put it up." And then he's like, "Next thing you know, like I'm selling out shows, mm-hmm. like you know, like it, it it overnight, like all of a sudden Netflix became the place where you go for comedy specials just because they just started consuming all of it, and like yeah, House, it- House of Cards and." I was going to say how it's like, it's basically HBO, since you know, like a certain thing's going to be on at a time, unless you're already like interested in that person, you might just like brush it off anyway. But on Netflix, when it's, I get to watch what I like, whatever I want to watch, whenever I want to watch it, more people are probably being exposed to that type of content. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Like I... As much as I love Game of Thrones, man, I know a lot of people are super frustrated with having to wait so long, and then, like, it's one episode a week. And we've been watching Westworld, and it's like, it's on episode 9 of 10, and we're just like, this is fucking dog shit. (laughs) It's so bad that I have to wait so long. They are, the episode is done. Why do you, HBO, why do you insist on releasing them a week at a time? Mm-hmm. When every other platform, like, I mean, Netflix has proven that people just want to consume the content. And yeah, just let us watch all of it, like, in one day. Or at our liberty. Like, if I can watch three episodes today and two tomorrow, but you're going to say, nah, you got to, I'm going to space that out over five weeks. Doesn't make any sense. Like, that's not how people's lives work anymore. So it's been super frustrating because we really like Westworld, and it's just like every week. I know cliffhangers used to be a thing because the internet didn't used to exist, but the internet mm-hmm. exists now. Cliffhangers, like, you can do cliffhangers, but the cliffhanger should be so you can hit play again and start the next episode immediately. Not so you can wait seven days and sit around with your dick in your hand. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense to do that anymore. Because mm-hmm. they pre-record, like, the whole season was recorded before they started airing them. But they, like... They're convinced some some exec at HBO is still convinced that releasing them one a week is the right thing to do. Yeah, because you know those executives. They have all the numbers behind them. Like, this is what's worked for the past 40 years. But it's because so much has changed in, like, this past 10. Yeah. Yeah, they're all going to be playing catch-up. Netflix is doing it right. Mm-hmm. 
So, now that we've talked to at length about that, <laughs> uh, that was a fun tangent. Uh, I want I want more services like Netflix. Hulu is getting there too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Hulu has some exclusive shows that I'm really digging, and they're doing they're they're doing like uh, I I'm I'm about to get into the Expanse. That's going to be the next one I start. I was gonna I was gonna watch that show, and then they announced it was gonna get canceled. So I was like, Nah, I'm not gonna watch that show. And then they announced, oh, and then they announced that uh, a peek into the back. <laughs> and then they announced that uh, Amazon bought the show, so it's not it's not it's no longer canceled. So I'm officially going to dive into the Expanse. It's a uh, no, that's not Hulu. That's Amazon. It's an Amazon exclusive. Yes. So I'm excited about that. I remember. Because I was like, I have Amazon Prime. I mean, yeah. I can watch it now. I, that show looks amazing. So that might be next on my list. But, uh, James. Yes, Jimmy? I need you to tell me. I'll tell you whatever you want to hear. About that game that you're playing. Because I might oh. have to play it. All right. So... The game I picked up the other day. I'm going to switch to media view because I want to pull this up while you're talking about it. Oh, yeah. You can, like, pull up my VOD if you want where I was playing it. So, Protolife, I actually want to bring up the... Oh, your VOD on uh, YouTube? Oh, no. Or, it's uh, on YouTube. On, on Twitch. Let me All right. Yeah, we'll do that. Protolife. Just so I don't, like, accidentally say a falsehood about it. So, they describe it as a unique tower-based strategy game. That gives you direct control over the builder robot. You're hosting Smoshi? How dare you during my podcast, even? It's an auto host. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Just he, he actually messaged me, like, oh, James, I saw your host. Thanks for that. And I was like, I hosted you? Didn't That's, mean to. I'm just messing with you. Smoshi's a good dude. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, so I saw the tags for it where it said Tower Defense RTS Strategy. And I was like, that sounds very interesting because I'm a big fan of RTS games and tower defense, but there's just never enough, and a lot of them usually aren't that good. Yeah. So when I saw this, and I was like, okay, I, I like what I think I like what you're doing here. You have this whole like horde thing because I, I also like games where like you just fight a horde of enemies because it's really satisfying to like build up a strong like defense and just watch as the swaths of enemies like get destroyed. So the whole point of this game, you're put in control of this builder robot, and all you can do is pick stuff up and put stuff down. But the interesting part comes in where to build your defenses, to build your towers and like your economy, you have to put down your blocks in specific, basically schematics that when put into different like points and stuff, creates new towers. So you can build a tower that shoots like a strong like penetrating shot, some that shoot faster, some that are flamethrowers, some that are anti-air, gathering like stuff that can gather materials, stuff like that. And I didn't really like go into it with any like ideas about what it was, but I'm really glad I bought it because I am enjoying it a lot. Yeah, I did notice that. So like depending on the, so there's like different, build patterns right so depending Mm -hmm. on like that that's what determines what type of structure gets created is like if it's a square it's like a wall if it's an x it becomes like a some type of like you did one where it was like an x and it made a gem or something or some type of 
currency. I, I like. I... Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, so like, so yeah. If you do a, if you put a two by two, that makes a wall. If you do a two by four, that makes a larger wall, etc. You can like keep building bigger walls. But if you do a three by three with a hole in the center, right. it'll create a gem. And then later on, if you do a four by four with a two by two hollow core, that makes more gems. So you're more efficient. You make get more gems for less material. And then you use those gems to basically upgrade your towers because there's specific schematics that if you put the crystals in the right spot, it creates a like more upgraded tower. Because some of these things, like they'll need four crystals, they'll need one. Some towers will only function with two, and like stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, it's a really cool idea. Like I like how you have to like push your way through this red wall of just like gross bad dude. Yeah, of mass. Yeah. And so I noticed you have one robot, but there's two lanes here. So do you just like switch do you teleport between the two lanes or Yeah, something that they added like towards the middle of the game was if you hit on certain maps it'll give you two robots that you now have to swap control of back and forth. So on that map in particular, on the bottom lane was basically you have, it's a much larger area. There's more enemies you have to fight against. There's not a lot of choke points like you can easily hold. So that's where you're focusing like all of your buildings and stuff. But on the top lane, that's where all the resources are being produced. And there's not a lot of room to build a resource gathering like machine. So you have to basically swap back and forth because if you run out of resources building stuff on the bottom lane, you have to swap to control at the top and start collecting resources there. And then there's also enemies coming on the top lane as well. So now you're fighting like a two front war and like trying to basically fortify both of them while trying to survive. Now that's just specific to this level? Yeah, it comes up in later levels, but not, I think it came up three times. Like this dual path, yeah, controlling type like two scenario, robots. yeah, okay. This seems like there'd be some potential for multi. I know I mentioned this before when I was watching your stream, but I see a definite potential for multiplayer with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I feel like it would have done better with. I, I would have probably liked it if there was like a multiplayer mode with like new maps because I this type of game probably would be more fun with like extra people and yeah. like a larger map like okay you're gonna like do this resource stuff I'm gonna focus on like defense because some of these maps I swear were pretty much impossible for me to beat like alone until I like got lucky or I cheesed it yeah <laughs> for instance one of the game modes in the maps is survive until the time limit runs out and then you win and at yeah. one point in that level, you get swarmed by a unit that has no weaknesses, is extremely tanky, and it we're gonna spawn in like spawn in like fifty of those in a row. Ugh. And the space you have to defend was really small. Yeah. Because I feel like, oh, you can you can defeat those mobs just with enough firepower, like overall. But there's just not enough room to build those buildings. So instead I was like, okay, I'm gonna try my best. And then something I learned was, like, your robot takes damage when he comes into contact with enemy units that are, like, not part of the terrain. Right. So I was like, okay, that does kill, like, some of these weaker units. So I'm just going to start throwing the robot at the enemy <laughs> to stall it. So I was down, like, a minute left. All of these massive enemies are coming. I keep throwing the robot at them 
to slow them down, even if it's just a little bit. And then piece by piece, the time ticks down. And then even after it hits zero, the building has to physically move out of the way to like win. So I kept throwing the bot at it, hoping it would save enough time that we could finish. And then with less than like three seconds on the clock, it moved out of the way and I beat the level. Uh, and it was just so satisfying for that to happen. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, no, it looks... I, I mean, I love tower defense games. It reminds me... What was that one tower defense game with hordes that was, like, super popular? I can't remember the Creeper name. Creeper World. It wasn't Creeper World. That's the one that comes to mind. There's another one I'm thinking of. I'll have to look it up. But it reminds me a little bit of that. I do like so now that view there where you can see like the uh I notice every once in a while you can see like the the cone like the view of like your turrets and stuff is that mm-hmm. just like a hotkey or something or is that yeah, whenever you you're just building? hold all it like brings up all of the like the range of everything Oh okay See on on that map in particular I had Oh sorry I, on that map in particular, they introduced a new like tier two flamethrower turret. So I was like, okay, you probably beat it using that turret. I could not for the life of me figure out how to beat the map. So if you skip forward a bit, you'll see me instead of like building defenses next to the base and like trying to save it. Instead, I recycle everything, put a bunch of repeaters and penetrating shot turrets right next to the creep. So that as soon as the, on that map in particular, they, the building repulses like all the projectiles that, that shoots at it, but when it's attacking, that shuts off. So instead of trying to defend, I just said, I'm going to build a whole bunch of offensive buildings right next to it, so that as soon as they start attacking, they're going to get blown away and I win. And it somehow uh, worked. And I that's see. I yeah, that. I see you got your repeater. You're starting to build the repeaters there. Mm-hmm. We're like right in the front. Yeah. Because... I think it was something wonky with like the repulsor tech on that level because like every once in a while the bullets would like slide in between like the barrier and then just start destroying stuff. So using that I was able to finally beat that level because it was so much trouble and I had I assumed there's some strategy that you're supposed to employ to beat it, but I figured out my own and it worked. So this game is called Proto Life. Yes. If you, so if you had to give it some uh, some tags, what would the tags be the game if people are interested? Hard, indie, real-time strategy, tower defense, horde, mm, pixel graphics. I think that's about it. I enjoyed it a lot. It had a nice level of difficulty. I didn't start feeling like, wow, this is really difficult until like towards the end of the game. Just when I had like all the options for buildings and like, oh, how am I going to fight this? Like, what are the new enemies that are coming in? Yeah. So the progression was really nice. It felt the progression felt steady. It felt mm-hmm. rewarding. Cool. The other one that uh, so so are you planning on making a video for this one? You I mean you've yeah. got just right here in this Twitch video. There's three hours of footage, so I'd imagine oh, yeah. you're probably going to be putting a video together for that for your YouTube channel. Yes, that's I plan on that. Like, how long did I spend playing this game? Yeah, seven hours, <laughs> three hours of that on stream, and I'm still not finished with it. So it it looks like it's going to be like an eight-hour game. Do I seem quiet? I can turn myself up. 
Is that better, Lareep? I can turn the music down a little bit, too. Um, thanks for letting me know. And so the other one that you're, you said you were working on a video for, right, that you've been playing a lot is uh, uh, Vampire. Yes. I picked that one back up. It's $50, dude. I want to play this game, but I'm not going to spend more than 20 bucks for this shit. Yeah, the price tag is really steep for something that could have came out on the PlayStation 3. Yeah. So definitely wait for the, the Steam sale. That should be coming out like like the sale. 10 o'clock tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. So if it goes on sale, definitely pick it up. Like he said, like that review right there, this is not a game you want to overlook. Eh, you can overlook it. It's not like super amazing. It's good, but you're not really missing anything by not playing it. Yeah. So you were saying the fighting in this game is kind of like uh, Dark Souls. Dark Souls. You said every encounter is quite a quite an encounter where you have to like dodge and parry and learn their learn their patterns and like mm -hmm. there, there's no yeah it definitely doesn't seem like your Diablo type just like walk into a room and smash some enemies it's like it's a, it's a challenge every encounter is a challenge it seems like mm -hmm. in this game in particular it felt like if you wanted to be like a morally good guy and not kill civilians the game was harder because of it because the way it works is like in the video I put out yesterday I, I, ju I had just fought a boss. The boss was level 32. I was level 21. And I was like, oh, okay, so the boss is going to one-shot me if he ever hits me. And I can slowly whittle him down. So over the course of, I think it was like four, maybe five tries, I was able to beat him. But in the back of my mind, I was like, if I just sacrificed some innocence, I would have been strong enough to probably fight like evenly with him and not have such a hard time. Yeah. But I don't want to just sacrifice people. Right. I mean, that that kind of goes back to, like, um, uh, what's that game? It'll come to me. The, the, um, the kind of steampunk dystopian game where you kind of, a, you have special powers and you set. Dishonored, yeah, like... If you're just to play Dishonored and not care about killing people, it's not that hard. But if you're if you try and do like a run, like I think who did it recently? It was Lost, I think. Maybe someone someone recently did a run of Dishonored two where they like didn't kill anyone, mm -hmm. and it was significantly it was way more challenging. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember playing that. It, it it's more satisfying to do a low chaos run because it just it's just harder to like not kill anyone. Especially when you have like those like psychic powers, you can blink everywhere and do that type of stuff. Right. But it, but it was still like fun. In this one, it's like it was fun, but it just like I had to try so much harder to win when I wasn't sacrificing people. There wasn't there wasn't any counterpoint that made it like because there's in in Dishonored there's like abilities that still make it fun to take that approach yes in this it's like a chore not to kill people and it doesn't help you in any way and there's no special abilities that make it any funner or easier for you to do that yeah basically because one of the things they do is 
each civilian, they're the ones that give you the most XP. Like the random mobs you find, they only give you like 10, 20 when your upgrades cost like a thousand. The civilians you meet, in order to get more XP from them when you kill them, you have to improve their lives. Now to do that, you have to talk to them. You have to like figure out what what issues they have. If they're sick, you're going to cure them with medicine. But while you do that, if you want to get like the maximum amount of XP from any one person, you have to go through their entire storyline. And by that point, the guy that you thought was like a thuggish, like drunk, he's like, oh, I'm like this because my wife left me and she took the kids and like, I'm not good enough and this and that. And now, you, and now if you kill them now, you feel like a dick. <laughs> it's like I learned all this about the character. And now if I kill them, I know what like what's like the repercussions are. Right. Okay. Hmm. I mean, I, that's interesting. I like, I mean, I, there, there are things I like about that approach. <clears throat> the whole like sympathetic, empathetic, like learning about their backstories and making you realize that like not everything is black and white. Mm-hmm. People might be bad for a legitimate reason. Yeah. But in a game where you just want to run around and kill shit, that, that could be a little bit uh, exhausting. Mm-hmm. Luckily, the, the actual fighting doesn't feel too bad because of the abilities you can get. Right. Because if it was just like, oh, like smack him over the head, dodge back, smack him again, parry, dodge back, smack him again. That would be really boring. But with the introduction of like firearms and some of the vampire abilities you can get, it's a lot more like interesting. Okay. Because some fights are like super easy because on the run I'm playing, my character has a double barrel sawed off shotgun. That's nice. fully upgraded and does more damage to vampires. Yeah. So anytime there's a vampire type boss that's not like immune to ranged weapons, it's pretty much an easy fight because he like two shots them. Okay. Dude, I want it. I mean, I, I really want to try it, but there's no way I'm spending fifty dollars for this game. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'll wait. This. Well, let's see on the st- the Steam sale tomorrow if it. Uh... If we get like a 50% off sale or something, maybe I'll pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. It's definitely one of those patient gamers type games where 50 bucks probably not worth it, but like in a year or two and you see it again, maybe you'll pick it up. Right. Ooh. So yeah, should we ex- be expecting a video uh, at some point in the near future for some vampire action? I am doing a let's play of it just because that's how I plan to finish it. Because okay. it was just like, it felt kind of like a chore doing everything just like in my free time. So I was like, okay, I'm going to record it and then get through the story. Because there's a lot of side quests and okay. it's interesting because it's not just talk to X character, oh, do this for me, and then you do it. It's like, oh, I explored the, I, I'm exploring around. I found a knife with someone's name on it. Oh, I know a character with that name. I'll talk to them and bring up the knife. And then you like get some backstory, and then he like tells you to do this because like you found the knife, and like it was a gift from his wife, and you're like, oh, okay. So, so there's still fetch quests, but they're well designed fetch quests. (laughs) Yeah, basically, it's not like go find my knife. It's in this spot. It's more like I'm exploring, and then I stumbled upon a knife that I wasn't told about otherwise. Right, and you go find out about it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, I like that approach. Those are some of my favorite missions like in Diablo 3 or in the Diablo series in general where you're just like out wandering around and you find something and it's like, oh, I think this belongs to so-and-so. We should go ask him about it. 
All right. Well, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably buy this eventually. I do. I do want to play it, but not for fifty dollars. Yeah, because I remember talking to Luck about it. And she's like, "It looks like a PlayStation Three game." I'm like, "You're not wrong." <laughs> nice. Even on maxed out settings, it do- it's not a beautiful game. Yeah. All right. You know what? I think it might be time here. Uh, we've we've been going for a solid hour. I think we've covered a fair amount of material that we wanted to cover. It might be time. And he's not here, but we got to do it eventually. Because I want to give it a fair shake, and I want to have a nice discussion about it. It might be time for some Sheaf's Beef. Oh. Did you download it yet? Download? I could just watch it in the browser. That's true. I always download it. Um, I like, I'm like. I'm, ke- I'm hoarding them. I have uh, my Sheaf's Beef collection. Just oh. off that thumbnail, I bet I know what he's going to talk about. I saw I, I I I tried to forget, but I did see one of the things in the thumbnail. I tried not to look. I tried my best to keep it a surprise. But what's Sheaf's beef? Hopefully. So Jofada, every every podcast that we do on Wednesday nights now, uh, our good friend Mashif. That if you've hang if you've hung out here enough, you know who Mashif is. He pre-records a video for us and he gives us two topics that he is they're they're basically just like rants where he has two topics that he's upset about or that he has beef with and uh he gives us some of the backstory on those two topics and we get to decide which one is the bigger beef. I I failed miserably last week by the way. I can't, I'm really surprised that he decided that uh, sleep was the bigger beef. Oh yeah, the only time we failed. I know. I've been consistent. I've won every sheep's beef until last week. So we're gonna we're gonna play a video here in just a moment, and it's going to provide you with two topics. Then we'll we'll pause the video and we'll have a discussion about it. And uh, everyone in chat is invited to uh, participate in the discussion about chief's beef and everyone can decide which one is the bigger beef and then he'll tell us because according to him there is a right answer (laughs) yes so uh so let's put up our chief's beef logo here for a second so good this is an actual um sweater that you can buy by the way all right here we go uh we'll do it on go one two three go Welcome everyone to another episode of Beeps Beef. Let's get to the ring. Welcome everyone, I'm Mashif and I'm bringing you the beef. This week we got two major contenders. First, beef. Journalism. Sorry, I didn't mean to scare you there. Why journalism? Journalism is such an important part in our society and something that needs to be taken so seriously, but... Here's the problem. They make mistakes. They're human. But do they own up to them? Hardly. And if they do, it's not in the same way that they splash the news story across the headlines. I know I'm showing you goofy news anchor fails, but that's just because they're fun. This is showing you that they're human, right? They make mistakes. But when a journalist makes a mistake, it's on something incredibly important like the economy or immigration or uh, an election, and it can change the way the whole public perceives that particular topic. 
Now, when they break a story, it's always like this. You got the ticker tape, you got the big splashy graphics, you're on the front page, you're above the fold in the newspaper. But when they admit to an, a mistake or an error, where do they put that? Way down in a little corner on the fifth or sixth page of redactions or errors or apologies of mistakes. Occasionally, they'll actually air it on the news, but you don't really see that a lot. Have you ever watched a news segment that you knew something infinitely about? You you personally experienced this news segment. You know this story. And as they're going on and on about the story, you're just realizing they don't know what the hell they're talking about. This is completely <laughs> wrong. Clip. I was there. I know what happened. This isn't what happened. Okay. I'm going to guess you've had that experience. Now, think of that experience, but not just for... The potluck that was down at the school that you attended that raised $500 for a new basketball jerseys. But think more global politics or war or immigration or uh, gang violence or something like that. Now they get that stuff wrong too. It's just like the way that you experienced it, but with major topics. And they don't do enough to vet or correct or let people know when they make a mistake and to change the opinion back in the way that they want it to be. So that's why journalism, your today's first beef. Beef. Second beef. <gasps> it looks like the, the news federal network. Not Space Force. Space Congratulations. Force. Congratulations. <laughs> Good job, Earth. We're officially out of problems oh, we can I now start focusing this. on the important I'm stuff doing like my power. space words the military industrial complex wasn't big enough so the president went with the dod and said we are ready we need this this is something that has to happen we need the space force what's the space force gonna do well it's like what the air force was doing but now it's for space space uh let's not spend time money or energy on infrastructure or uh, bettering the the economy or making more jobs or anything like that. Let's just expand the military-industrial complex to where it's never been before. Space. Nope. NASA, shut up. You get no money. We're bringing guns into space. Come on, guys. We don't need this. This is a little premature, right? We're not really worried about giant bugs or terrorists in space, are we? Come on. Not yet. That's why. Space Force, you're the beef. They got the Mormons. You don't plan for the problem so, that's here today. Jimmy, you plan James, for the problem five years from now. I want to hear what the chat. I want to see what everyone see what everyone's thoughts are on this one. Which one is the bigger beef? There is a right answer. Keep that in mind, and we'll get back to that in a minute. See who is the beefiest. But now I'm going to take it to the hosts. Welcome I, back um, to Sheep's Beef. I'm positive. Oh, I, I admit. Oops. I should. I'm gonna back it up to 4:10. That felt like that's where he ended, or 4:11. 4:11. All right. So we got some topics. What do you think, James? Whew. I mean, guns in space, space force, sounds really fun. <laughs> Who are we gonna shoot up there? Oh, we'll find people to shoot, Jimmy. Space terrorism, it's happened in uh, a few Call of Duties. It's only a matter of time before it enters reality. Before it happens for real? Yes. That's yeah. actually really interesting. Because I know there's there's been talks about like how 
countries like have come together and said, okay, we can't weaponize space. Yet. Yeah, yet. What movie was that? Was it Real Genius? Which one's the one where they like create the giant laser so they can snipe people from space? <laughs> and then they end up just making a house full of popcorn? <laughs> it's an old movie from the 80s. Okay, yeah, that I, sounds like a movie from the 80s. I think it's Real Genius. Real Genius, yeah, dude, Black Belt, he's my age, he knows what I'm talking about. Go look up Real Genius. These college kids find out this technology where they can, like, create these really strong, accurate lasers, and the government comes in and they're like, we want to use that technology to fucking assassinate people from space. The whole premise of the movie is just outrageous, and now that's happening for real. We're, we're seeing Real Genius played out, where we're like, let's go into space and control the whole... Thing. Silence. But, uh, so what, I mean, do you think, uh, I like what he said. He made a good point about, you know, the whole infrastructure thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I like that. I, I try not to, um, deify Elon Musk. Too much. How can you? But How I can you not deify him. But I do appreciate that even though he's doing all of that space stuff, he's also looking at solving problems. Like he's like he, he's not spending all of his money to fly to Mars. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's funding projects for you know solar. You know, he's got the whole battery that the house pack battery thing that he's yeah, been the, working the solar on. Solar panel tiling. Yeah, he's got the uh, um, the underground tubes under LA to solve the traffic problems and the pollution mm-hmm. problems. Like you know, the he's actually company. Yeah, yeah. First he was selling hats, now he's selling flamethrowers. Like he's a madman, but he is actually trying to solve real problems. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's trying to get into space and like do some crazy shit. But he's also concerned with like everyday life and infrastructure and making things better. You know, for consumers. Mm-hmm. Whereas Trump's just like, yeah, guns in space. Space force. <laughs> like I force in space, protecting your democracy. Well, like... I, I like... Playing devil's advocate a little bit, I do see that eventually there could be a concern for that, especially as more commercial companies start just throwing shit into our atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You know, because Elon Musk proved that you can just build a rocket and throw some shit like a satellite or whatever into the atmosphere. And it's, you know, how many years is it before other people, you know, either hack or steal or reverse engineer his techniques, but they don't have the same uh, noble motivations and they say hey we rebuilt elon musk's uh rocket but we're gonna just like use it to throw some satellites up that are just gonna randomly spit out whatever drones or you know like there's definitely ways that if you control space you could do some real damage to this planet and then you don't even have to go that far either if you just put like random junk in a space it's gonna fly around and hit stuff that you want up in the atmosphere well yeah i mean if have you seen those maps of how many satellites there are orbiting the earth 
Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like that's like I know that's a concern like with shuttles like too how it's like they they have to have shielding on it not just for heat but because if there's like random space debris in the atmosphere floating around it's moving at hundreds of miles an hour if that smacks into a shuttle that's going to take out the shuttle yeah and and they're all in the same like there's like there's a ring like there's a certain range that you can be in to like stay in orbit right and the more yeah. congested that gets it's just a matter of time before someone shoots a rocket up there and just like blows some shit up and then you got like a giant ring of shrapnel just hitting all of our satellites and causing all kinds of damage and stuff but then earth finally gets its own rings like <laughs> a ring of trash just like scrap metal floating around i mean look saturn just has what like space dust at least ours is like old technology yeah, at least we earned it. We built that. We built our ring. We built our trash ring of metal shrapnel around our planet. That's terrible. So, the whole space war thing, I do agree that it might be a little premature, but is it really, though? So, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it, because... Or is Trump trying to say something about current alien-human relations? I don't think it's any. I mean, not. It doesn't have anything to do with aliens. It just has to do with like controlling the atmosphere. Like that is a real thing. I mean, if if we look back in history, before the atmosphere, it was the oceans. Like the Spanish, the reason they fucking conquered the world is because they controlled the oceans. They were first. They built a whole bunch of boats. The Spanish Armada was like nobody fucked with the Spanish. Like. They had the best boats, the fastest boats. They they just controlled the narrative. They controlled the oceans. And so they just pretty much said, yeah, we're going to go take that country over there. And we're going to conquer that. There's a reason so many countries speak Spanish. It's because they fucking kicked ass in the oceans. You know? So, like, at what point do we look to the sky, to the atmosphere, and say, like, somebody's going to control this eventually. Like, who's it going to be? As much as I hate Trump, like it is, a, it is a conversation that will eventually need to be had. If you guys haven't seen Iron Sky, it's a documentary about Nazi Germany taking over the dark side of the moon. <laughs> oh, I was like, I feel like I've heard of that, and then I said <laughs> Nazi Germany. I was like, okay, I know exactly what that is and where you're going. No, just kidding. But for real though, like someone's gonna control the atmosphere eventually. So I don't know. Iron Sky kicks ass. It's a good movie. It's it's fun. It's like just a mindless like Nazi killing romp in space. But but I don't know. So I don't know if that one's a bigger beef for me. I think we haven't even touched on the other one yet. Journalism in general right now is just a fucking mess. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know where to start with that because. You got news channels not who claim they're not news. You got not news channels claiming they're news. You got like comedians telling the news better than the news networks. You yeah, know, like it, it's weird because at some point, like in the 21st century, there was like a convergence where they were these news companies realized there's no money in telling the news. Right. It's all about entertainment. It's all yeah. about shock value. It's all about just like getting people riled up about something and then we, it's weird because now like the, everything is flipped because the only people who are actually telling the truth are like comedians and shit 
Mm-hmm. They're doing it in a in a jest kind of approach, but like you got John Oliver, you got um, the Daily Show. You know, you you before he got picked up by late night TV, you had Stephen Colbert. You know, and they were the ones who were yeah. actually like reporting what was actually happening, even though they were telling jokes about it. They were the ones exposing the truth. So it's like when our comedians are giving us the news better than the news is giving us the news. That's got to that at some point we got to start asking questions. <laughs> mm-hmm. There needs to be some way to like and there was, I mean there's, you know, there you nobody cares about like the credentials or like just no, nobody cares anymore. Yeah, it, it goes into the whole rise of social, uh, like social media influencers. It's like if you're popular, people listen to you, right? Regardless, mm-hmm. even if you're spouting like 100 percent made up bullshit, you're getting enough uh, retweets, and uh, and people are just like, yeah. So I personally think if I were to choose the bigger beef right now, the whole space thing is kind of just a joke. Yeah, it's it's a meme. We'll see what actually becomes of it. I don't know how much money the – I mean, Congress could let him do it though because our Congress is a mess right now. But Mm. I don't – that one's more just like, oh, you dumbass. Uh, Like I don't see – It's like immigration, I don't know, Space Force. The whole Space Force thing I see is just kind of like something that people are going to laugh about a few years from now. The journalism problem is, in my opinion, a much bigger problem right now. Mm-hmm. Especially on the internet. Like the, It's pretty transparent on, on television. Like, you know, you've got, you've obviously got certain networks on one side and certain networks on the other side. But you can look at that and say, oh, okay, I see what's going on here. Yeah, you know. But where it's a lot more dangerous is what's happening on the internet. Because you don't know, like, so much of it's anonymous. You know? And you've got people flooding comment sections with, you know, hate speech. And you don't know. You don't even know what country they're from. That's the whole Mm. controversy right now with, like, Russian actors where, you know... Yeah, like like with that especially, it's like people they keep throwing the blame on Russia because they're easy, but it's like so you're saying Russia's the only one doing it, right? Like no, every country's doing it, right? Because it's anonymous, like and English is the predominant language, so it's easy to just show up in any forum. And I mean, you know, most other countries learn English now as like a requirement. Mm-hmm. So it's easy for them to just get on the internet and show up in some, you know, Reddit thread or American chat room or some Facebook group or whatever and just start like spouting whatever. And like, I'm Joe Schmo from Louisiana and I think XYZ. And really it's some asshole living out in like 
bumfuck South Africa. Like, yeah, like it, Russian out. Yeah, they could be anywhere. That's the thing. And people are like, oh, see, everybody in the South is a racist because this guy that said this in that thread is a racist. And it's just like, how do you, you have no idea who that person yeah. actually is. See, that, that's also why I like getting my news from Reddit because I read the headline and I'm like, okay. I see there's 2,000 comments on this. So let's see what people are arguing about. Because if they're arguing, that means that there's some semblance of something going on right. in there. Right. Because if something's true and people are arguing about it, it's more easy to find like what actually is going on there. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh... Even then, like, how do you know? I, I... Yeah, that, that, that too. That whole thing could be a fake argument. I it just the the internet's a really tricky place when it comes to news and media in general, mm-hmm. and even media. Like you know, the, there those couple of videos that released where it was the like the same affiliate stations in like twenty different cities, all like reading the same exact story that was given to them by. You, like, did you see that? That video where somebody compiled all the clips from all the stations where they were talking about fake news? Oh, yeah. And, then and it was the, all the same. It thing. was the exact same story read across like 35 different stations. Mm-hmm. It's just like, that's terrifying. Like the same dude owns all of those stations and ran that same story. And he's controlling that narrative for every fucking baby boomer that's watching every one of those channels because they don't they're afraid of the internet or whatever <laughs> like like it's uh that video was it, like that that video really got to me it was mm-hmm. kind of like holy shit this is some 1942 shit right here yeah and then especially with technology these days too it's like what can you trust because of what because everything can be fake these days yeah, like not only is Photoshop getting like impossible to tell, but even videos, like the way they're altering videos now is getting so good that like they could straight up completely like what's the new phrase deep fake? Like Oh yeah, deep cuz it was a subreddit and it's funny cuz at first people were just like we can put actors that we like on porn stars. But then a bunch of people as soon as that left that audience, people were like wait a minute. We can put like we can like use this to make anyone say whatever we want now. Right. Like eventually media media manipulation is going to get so good that you're not going to be able to tell the difference. And then like it doesn't matter if some dude died 2 weeks ago, you can perpetuate that human person on the internet for years. Yeah, like he could. I re- like I can release uh, videos every week as a dead dude as long as I have some original footage of him that I can use, like the AI, like those AI algorithms, and like just make deep fakes, and I can create new content as some dead dude. Like, like yeah, or- it's like in a, they do it in movies, like with dead actors. They're like, this is a CG Grand Moff Tarkin, but people that didn't realize, like, oh, that guy died. They're just like, oh. It's that guy. I didn't know, like, he still did movies. Yeah, they did it with uh, What's-Her-Bucket in the Star Wars movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's her name? I know who you're talking about. Because she passed away, right? Or uh, yeah. or the other guy, the skinny dude in the most recent Star Wars movie, the, the general. For yeah, the... Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah. Forget his actual name. It's like straight-up AI. Those aren't even people. Yeah. 
Carrie Fisher, yeah. Yeah, there it is. Carrie Fisher. I, I was trying to think of her name in the movie. I'm so bad about Star Wars. Wait, it, Carrie Fisher's Princess Leia, right? Yeah, Princess Leia. Okay, there we go. Yes, she passed away. Uh, and uh, in the most recent movie, they I think they CG'd her, didn't they? Yeah. In, in like some of her scenes or whatever that mm. she hadn't or finished like, or whatever. Even earlier with the, the, Fast, and the, the Fast and the Furious movie with uh, Paul Walker. When he died, like halfway through the shoot, they just took his brother and then they overlaid his face onto the brother to finish the scenes they needed him for. And that stuff's only going to get better. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're just bare- like it's still kind of like okay, yeah, that's like you're you're dipping into uncanny valley. Like it's real enough, but it's still kind of creepy because I can tell it's not real. Yeah, but like then, wh- once we come out of the other end of uncanny valley, and you're not going to be able to tell the difference. Yeah, and like with that too, like the deep fake stuff we've seen, that's people doing it on their own computers. Right. That's, that's not even. Not, that's not like. That's not like arrays of like data centers all processing that like in real time. Next thing you know, dude, some dude comes out with uh, some, some uh, new JFK footage that no one's ever seen before, proving that uh, there were government actors. And it could just be a deep fake. Like you're not going to be able. No one's going to be able to believe anything anymore. Like unless you see it in person, recordings aren't going to mean shit. Mm-hmm. Whether it's audio, video, or picture, like it's all going to be so easy to manipulate that, like, yeah, like the next big industry is going to be how can you pr- how can you protect and prevent that. Media prevention? Yeah, there's there we go. There's our million dollar idea. See, every week we have, we have a million dollar idea. A million dollar idea this week. Whoever creates an indi- whoever creates the first media prevention tools that will somehow keep your media from being altered mm-hmm. and be able to prove somehow prove either with like encryption or there's watermarks and stuff but even then like it's getting with ai now it's getting yeah. so good that you can't even watermark your shit they like ai is smart enough to know oh there's a watermark in this and yeah, preserve the, the watermark that off like they were like, they were like oh we ran these images through our new ai at google and it could remove the watermark with like 99% efficiency. Yeah, or even preserve it. Like the opposite's true too because like you one way one mode of prevention was to put a watermark on it so that if somebody alters it or photoshops it or manipulates it the, the watermark would be inconsistent. Mhm. But even that you can fake now. It's crazy. So I I think I think not only now, but moving forward, I think the uh, the media one is the bigger beef. Mm-hmm, definitely, uh, it's we're only just like barely scratching the surface. Like, there's so much shit going on right now, like on the internet, in mainstream media, with these news conglomerates, like with foreign actors. Not just Russia. We point the finger at Russia, but there's there's it's just easy. There's so much shit going on right now that nobody even understands because there's a lot of really, really smart, like, tech geniuses out there that are working for these organizations, for the CIA, the FBI, the, the, um, well, you know, you can't call them the KGB anymore, but, uh, the... (laughs) Putin's cronies and, and, you know, China's cronies and, like, they're... There's whole departments in various countries all dedicating their entire day every day 
to manipulating data to creating narratives to i mean all this stuff that's the new war like warfare like dropping bombs is like old news data is the new warfare mm-hmm. you know manipulating entire countries through a facebook post that's a new warfare like it's all about media manipulation and data manipulation and data gathering as well and now yeah. and now with the deep fakes like it's just going to get fucking nuts in the next few years because mm-hmm. if you can control the people in a country, you don't even have to invade. You could just send out a new Facebook post. Yeah, and then they'll just fight each other. That's what we're doing. Like, our whole fucking country is torn apart right now because of, like, you know... Well, these people said that, and those people said this, and now I hate those people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, where did you hear that? I heard <laughs> it here, and it's like... Like, all I got to do is walk outside my apartment complex. I got, like, uh, a Korean family that lives right here, a Mexican family. Like, there's two Indian families that live across the field over here. I had another Mexican family that lived over here. I talk to them all the time. None of them give a shit. I mean, we're all friends, and we're all just, like, you know, able to have conversations and respect each other and go about our daily business. You know, I'm not trying to build a wall and they're not trying to, like, take my job. Like, it's all a narrative. And it's just like, go outside and actually talk to some people and you'll realize that all this shit going on on the Internet, 90% of it is just bullshit. Mm -hmm. And that, so I think, like, that's, for me, that's the whole media situation right now is definitely the bigger beef. Not just journalism, but, like, media in general is in a really weird, scary place. And more people just need to go out out outside and uh, talk to their neighbors and and actually meet some people and have some conversations and connect. So, I'm going to go with uh I'm going to go with uh journalism on this one. Yep. Hopefully we're right. Dude, if he says this space war shit, I'm going to next time have I have a good argument. <laughs> next time I see him I'm going to punch him in his dick. Uh, all right, where am I at? Let me go back to my media view here. I'm at 4.11. All right. All right, on go. Three, two, one, go. Welcome back to Sheep's Beef. Thank you, everyone, for your input. But now it's time to let you know which one's the true beefiest. Space Force! No! Oh, space Force. We really need to be going into space. This is This is way too early. We've got so many other things that we could be spending time, money, and energy on rather Chief, than building a space The media force. is destroying our we country. We don't even have a space program. How are we going to have a space force? Are you going to get Elon on the phone? Elon, get in here. Come here. We want you to put some of those flamethrowers on our spaceships that we don't have. Come on. This is premature. It's not what we need. It's a big waste of time, money, and energy. We could be doing something important with this money and energy. But no, it's Space Force. So that's why this week, you're the beef of the week. Uh, Wrong two weeks in a row. I know. I don't know if I'm questioning myself or I'm questioning Mashif's decision making. I don't know. He... He did it. He put it together today. He he probably didn't go as in depth as we did. That's true. 
Yeah, no, we're gonna. I wish he was here. I w like, I like it when he's here in the comments, so we can get some further insight into uh, why he does and says what he does. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it was a good discussion, though. He always yeah. gives us good topics for discussion. I just, I don't know. I just don't. I, I, I can't take. Maybe, maybe I'm not taking space war serious enough. Maybe that's my problem. Because mm -hmm. to me, I'm just like, all right, dude, you're dumb. Like, I the only the only part of the space war thing that I could really get upset apart set about is the debt. Because we're already so far in debt, so like throwing throwing the whole space war thing on top of that, I could see that being like a valid reason why. Hey, mm -hmm. dude, like that's this is a, what are we like two trillion? Like I don't know. It's like, I can't. I don't even know what the number. It's like. A number that shouldn't Google exist. The, the debt clock. Yeah, let's look up the debt clock. Is there is there a link for that? Uh, US debt dot clock. US debt dot clock. Oh, US debt clock dot org. US debt. Hold on. US debt clock dot org. Oh, that didn't work. I spelled something wrong. Oh, you know, it's only 21 fucking trillion dollars. Only. It's not a lot. See, Space Oops. Force, that's not a big advancement. Jofada, you are not wrong. That that's the most likely thing that would happen. If there's any sufficiently advanced alien race with ships that can travel throughout the galaxy, I'm pretty sure their weapons are going to be on that same level. I mean, it's just a stupid idea and it ought to be taken out by stupid mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that would be something, wouldn't it? Like our first like Space Force task force that we send up into space just gets like wiped out within seconds by some like asshole aliens who are just out for the weekend. <laughs> they're just out joyriding. They're not even a military force. No, they're just like some fucking asshole teenage aliens that are like, What are these guys doing here? I don't know. Throw some shit at them. I'm going to throw some protons at them. Let's see how they deal with it. <laughs> it's it. I actually, along with that, I always found it funny how when people like dreamed about like the future and space travel, they always assume that like your random Joe Schmo can own a spaceship capable of like that kind of travel. It's like for the, for most of us, you're going to be living on one planet. You're not traveling planet to planet. Yeah. So Black Belt Beavis says, what if it's just a BS cover to keep the space program alive? But the problem, it, so for for conspiracy, so for theories like that, the main question you need to ask yourself is why? Because it, he, it, he has way more to gain if he were to just come out and say, hey, I'm going to throw... 100 million or 100 billion or however much money at NASA to uh, to get us back on track with our space program. 
that would be uh, across the aisle. Like, that would be bipartisan. People would be like, yay, we're bringing back the space program. That would make Democrats happy. Some Republicans would be like, oh, fuck you. That's a waste of money. We should be building more bombs. But yeah, like, It's hard to argue against. We're going to space more. Yeah, like, I think that would, that would garner bipartisan support. He has no reason not to just say, hey, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to throw some more money at our space program because Elon Musk is doing good things. We want to work with him. We want to keep up. We want to see what's next. Uh, he has nothing to lose by doing that. So why would he, why would he create this whole BS cover up to continue to fund the space program? It's unnecessary. He has nothing to gain by doing that. Dark side of the moon, I'm sure. The dark side of the moon, that's where the that's where the Nazis live. We just talked about this. Didn't you watch Iron Sky? But I don't know. If just some like if just some like the equivalent of like a a Ford Mustang, just like some alien Ford Mustang just drives by. Like, who the fuck is this? What? What kind of spaceship is that? I'll race you, bro. And then they just <laughs> obliterate him on accident. Leave skid marks in space. <laughs> they turn on their, their nitrous boost and just like obliterate 20 of our spaceships. In a in a in the equivalent of a space drag race, Ninja Bread Daddy, how you doing? So yeah, I don't know the whole space war thing. We'll see. By the way, Technoman eighty four, good friend of mine from high school. We, oh. were in, we were in Drumline together. He's he's a bro. He's living in Vegas right now. And funny, we're actually talking about SpaceX. He works for Tesla. Oh, he does wor- he? He works in the Tesla, dude, dude. He works in the Tesla factory out there in uh, um, Nevada. Hmm. So, in fact, weren't you supposed to be getting Reno? Yeah, weren't you supposed to be getting a promotion or something? Aren't you like a manager now or something? He's also Mexican, James. So you guys could probably talk for hours about what, uh, what's bigoted. <laughs> See it, see this, guys? I type it in chat all the time. People think I joke. <laughs> oh, I, it's all in good fun. His, his, uh, they make, they, they make good food, though. Turns out we're related. <laughs> that would be wild. Like second cousins. Have you met Musky Man? I don't know what that means. Um, so other than that, I think the, the only other thing that I had on my plate to talk about the, the namesake for the stream itself tonight, we had, well, two things, actually, there's two more things. Number one, the, uh, all Mexicans are related. (laughs) Jafada said it. Have you met Musky Man, Elon Musk? Or are you asking uh, Techno Man if he's met Elon Musk? Yeah, has Elon Musk showed up to like give any like pep talks or anything? Look, guys, the more cars you make, the more happy my want becomes. Um, so two things left on the uh, agenda tonight that I want to talk about. Number one, the World Health Organization has determined. 
that there is such thing as a gaming disorder. Oh, right. Yeah. So all you guys who are playing too many games, you're actually retarded. <laughs> I don't think that's quite what the <laughs> No, that's not what it means. I pretty much started playing video games like seriously in like fifth grade. I thought I thought that's what this article said. Stop playing games, retards. No? Am I, I don't know, you might be right. I don't know. I didn't <laughs> read the article. No, anyway, basically, uh, the World Health Organization has deemed uh, that there is actually a thing called video game disorder. So let's just look at this section right here. This is the section that was most interesting to me. Characteristics of gaming disorder. Uh, ICD. So I don't know. What does the I stand for? You got me. Let's see. Uh. Oh, ICD, International Classification of Diseases. So the uh, ICD defines the, univer the uh, universe of disease, disorders, injuries, and other related health conditions. Researchers use it to count deaths, disease, injuries, and symptoms. And doctors and other medical pr uh, practitioners use it to diagnose disease and other conditions. But basically what they're saying is like they look at... To any specific cause, they look at like how many deaths, diseases, injuries, symptoms, things that are related to that specific thing. Uh, and that gaming, actually, many of the features that they look for, uh, as far as like straight up like people dying or getting sick or injured or having other symptoms just from their inability to step away from games mm -hmm. one is that the gaming behavior takes precedence over other activities to the extent that other activities are taken to the periphery so that's like basically where they're saying uh you don't eat because you're gonna you're playing games right like oh i didn't have dinner that's okay i'm in the middle of a raid or like Oh, my friends invited me out, but uh, <clears throat> I'm really close to uh, 100%ing and getting the trophy for this for this game or whatever. It's where you start to prioritize games over other things in your life that should have more value than games. Yes. Now, I can agree with a lot of that. I can, I can. I mean, it obviously happens, right? There's people who just like get locked in and they don't move. You know, you hear those fucking, you see pictures of dudes sitting in a room surrounded by garbage and bottles full of piss and they haven't showered in four days and, and whatnot. My issue is, uh, you know, we kind of talked about this. It's correlation versus causation. And it's, it's, the symptom versus the cause. Can't you just say that to anything anyone is good at? Yeah, and that's really what it comes down to is like the, the joke I made when we were talking about this before the stream was that uh, I, I, I said something along the lines of anything is addictive if you try hard enough. Mm -hmm. And, we, you know, we made some jokes about like, you know, there's people who collect toenails like they compulsive. They have an entire room filled with like small plastic containers with toenails from the last 20 years of their life. Like, 
addictive tendencies are going to pop up regardless of what the actual activity is. So mm. to try and like pin down and say like that there's a disorder called video game disorder. The only the only reason you could in my opinion say that about video games is that they are designed intentionally to feed your uh the reward response or the dopamine response. Like that's the whole point is for you to have those moments of like euphoria or victory or uh failure or whatever. So but so do slot machines. I mean, yeah, there's a gambling disorder, but there's no money involved in video games. Just your health, I guess? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Because I, I guess, like, okay, if you want to game more, you're going to eat, like, food that you can prepare faster if you're eating at all. So stuff like Hot Pockets, you're ordering out more. Because I remember, like, when I read that, I remembered Asmongold, who's a pretty big World of Warcraft streamer, and he, like, grabbed his camera and brought it over to the, the rest of his table. And he had just, like, stacks on stacks of, like, old food containers that he would just place there and then leave. And then he was, like, looking through it. And he's like, oh, yeah, this one is covered in mold. This one, like, I left here yesterday. So it, it can definitely be a problem. But, like, as an entire disorder, I don't know. That, and that that's why I was saying correlation versus causation and chicken chicken versus the egg like in my opinion video games a lot of the times and it goes into a little bit of the detail here under the the section where this guy has a counter argument where he talks about how it's a little bit premature to say that it's a disorder a lot of times video games aren't the disorder they're the coping mechanism for some other fucked up thing going on like some mm -hmm. other disorder some other like issue in your life um it's an escape it's it's a way to take your mind off of whatever other like major malfunctions or life problems or whatever you might be facing and i think that's more Escape is the answer. And I, I, I think that's more what's going on in a lot of these yeah, cases. Because that dude you were just talking about, like, I guarantee you, there's something else going on in his life that has led him to that. It's not video games itself that, like, has led him to that lifestyle. He, either he was bullied in high school or, you know, he has never been able to be in a, a successful relationship because he has social issues or maybe he's on the spectrum or maybe his parents were abusive or, you know, there, there's, there's a million other reasons why a lot of times people turn to games because it's so easy to just hit that button, load up the game and just escape and not do anything else, not think mm -hmm. about anything else. The whole world could be falling around, falling down around you, but you know, you're a level 92 mage you know conquering dragons so yeah. what the fuck do you care if as long as you're i mean the only bill you really care about at that point is your internet bill and your electricity bill mm -hmm. but like as long as the lights are on and the internet's working like everything else who, who cares like who cares if you gain 50 pounds who cares if your your wife leaves you and what like you know like 
all your other problems, you can just escape from them. But is that does that make the gaming itself a disorder, or does that make the fact that you're all the other problems in your life are going unresolved because you're choosing to replace them with something else. Mm -hmm. And before video games, there was other, there was other, uh, escapes. And I, I'm guilty of this myself. For me, it's not video games. To be honest, what I do, my, my, uh, my coping mechanism is cleaning. Oh yeah. Like when, when my life falls apart and things get really shitty, like video games don't really seem to solve that problem for me, but I'll go clean the shit out of my dishes or my bathroom or whatever, because it's something I have control over and it's a way of me feeling like I'm, I, it's a way of triggering that success reaction, that dopamine like I did something like, and, but there's also a negative to that because I'll have like a four page paper to write. I'll clean the shit out of my house before I even start my first sentence on that paper because yeah. you know, like, so I, I don't know. It's hard to say that it's, it's a, it's, it's a disorder just for gaming. I feel like yeah, it's like, especially that's me in like in college right now. Like whenever I'm feeling really stressed cause I have a bunch of assignments, I won't even play games. I'll like look at my laptop thinking about all this stuff I have to do. And then I'll notice like, oh, my desk is a bit dusty. Let me clean that. And I'm like, oh, my laundry is like kind of packed, like filling up. I'm going to go do my laundry right now. And then like eight hours have passed. It's now midnight. None of that is like gone away, but I'm like, my room is clean. That's good. <laughs> yeah. And Black Belt Beavis, I think that's why there's a more negative stigma for games is because you could make the argument that it's less productive. Um, which I get, but is that enough to make it a full-blown disorder? Yeah, or if anything, does it, like, exasperate a disorder that you have? Because there's people who do what we're doing, but it's not cleaning. Maybe it's, uh, weightlifting. Or it's, uh, you know, there's any number of... Yeah, running. Like, they just run for 20 miles a night to try and escape their whatever other problems they're dealing with. I don't yeah. know. But I the only the only reason I give any clout to this whole World Health Organization thing is because of what I said initially. The only difference is that video games are designed with that in mind. They're designed to give you those dopamine responses, those those magical moments those rewarding you know when you open a chest or when you beat that boss or when you level up and you get to choose a new ability like that's kind of what they're designed to do so i could see how there might be an argument to say that they are maybe more addictive than some other activities for that reason but i think it all comes back to the individual and their mental health and uh, I don't know if it's deserving of its own full-blown disorder. Mm -hmm. I I just I don't I I agree that I think it's a bit premature to say that like there's a there's a video game disorder. They used to do they used to do the same thing about TV. 
They there for years there was a television there was a TV addiction disorder I think a television addiction disorder, but you don't hear about that anymore because television's old news. So I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. The counter, <laughs> the one that that quote, and I'm all I, I'm I'm hesitant to even read the quote but it was like kind of like a a super kind of devil's advocate like a way to step back and say this is kind of weird so in the same week that they did this an announcement also came out saying that uh, um that transgender will no longer be classified as a disorder. Yeah, as they, a, like, as, it as something else, didn't they? As a psychological, like, issue or whatever. Which, I, I, I want to be careful here because I am fully in support of equal rights. Uh, you know, you can be or do whatever you want. Uh... As long as you're not fucking with me or my family, like, I don't care. Like, if you want to become a attack helicopter or, you know, surgically install four more nipples. Like, I, I really honestly don't care who does what. I've never, it, like, I will never vote against any of that type of stuff. But... We have to be completely honest and say in a lot of these cases, there could very well be some psychological, like, it, it, it can't be, if, if not a disorder, it can't be easy. Like there's got, they, they obviously have a different brain chemistry and it can't be something easy to cope with. And so I don't know how it helps those people to remove that as, because if it's removed as a disorder, yeah, they win a social victory, right? They get to say, oh, yeah, like, you know, this is a great opportunity. This is great for the um, acceptance movement. And, like, you know, trans people aren't mentally broken. They just... Yeah, like, they're ha- not wrong. Yeah, they, they just have a preference. But it's going to do them harm in the sense that for a lot of that stuff, they're not going to be able to get... because. A big what people don't realize is when something is recognized as a disorder by the World Health Organization, that means there's government funding, there's research, there's a lot of stuff to help these people. So, it, like, yeah, you won a social victory by having transgender removed as a uh, as a disorder, but. What about those who are struggling with the psycholo- psychological challenges of gender identity? Mm-hmm. There's going to be no federal funding for those people now. Yeah, and like the issue, like, I how, like, was like, it, like if you were like if you're a man and you felt like you you should should have been born as a female, and then you make that switch, and then you still feel like there's something wrong. Now, like now, you're kind of screwed. Because well, and that happens, dude. There's, 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 sui- there's many documented suicide cases where, like, people will believe, like, a man will believe that I should have been born a woman. They go through the whole transgender surgery. They become a woman, 
And then, like you said, there's still psychologically something isn't right. Like I, I, I'm, I've done, I'm taking the hormones. I have the body of a woman. I speak like a woman. I act like a woman, but I regret what I did. Or like, there's still something not right with their chemistry or whatever, and they end up committing suicide. Some, a lot of people regret gender uh, reassignment surgery. But how you can't you can't undo it, and if you do come out like it's social suicide too, right? Like if you if you're a transgender person and you're you're post op, and then you come out and say I made a mistake, I wish I was a man again, the entire community that supported you up until that point will turn their back on you in a second, and so like now the World Health Organization is going to say, well, yeah, it's not really a mental illness either. So now, now there's no there's no federal funding, there's no medical support for you, and there's no social support for you when you're trying to figure all this out. If you make the wrong decision and change your mind, like a lot of people are parroting it as a good thing, but I I have genuine concerns about it. I don't know, and and so it's just like the whole World Health Organization thing in general is dangerous. Like it's just like. To be classifying these things like you can't put a lot of this stuff in a box. I think that's the ultimate like argument that I'm trying to make here is that like there might be people. There are probably a small number of people who are legitimately addicted to video games. Mm-hmm. But why? Those yeah, are the- there's still a lot that we don't understand about the brain. Like right. what makes things happen and why? No, but they just arbitrarily said, you know what? It's a disorder. And you know what, transgender people, there's nothing wrong with their brains, so we're not going to give them any money anymore. There, it's not a mental disorder. It's uh, that's just uh, that's just there's people that are like that, so they're going to do what they're going to do. I don't know. It's it's it all seems so very arbitrary. So that's I that's my biggest concern with the whole like people putting too much value in what some organization with a bunch of bureaucrats says is and is not a thing so that's my soapbox on that issue (laughs) i don't know i i I honestly don't like the the quote and it was a silly quote and i'm gonna read it it's controversial but you know what fuck it it basically said play video games too long well you have a mental disorder according to the world health organization Want to chop your dick off and pretend to be a woman? You're perfectly normal and deserve special treatment. So it's just like, it's pointing out like, it's probably not like 100% like to normalize people wanting to have gender replacement surgery is not being completely honest. And to tell, to say that some dude who plays 12 hours a game, like, two or three nights a week it has a mental disorder is also not completely honest. Like it's, it's not that easy. You can't, you can't put this stuff in little boxes and say, you're, this is, this is what you have or this is what you don't have. I don't know. I've read this article three times and I'm still like so torn on it because I agree with some of the arguments on both sides of it. And it's just really hard to, decide especially since it's a newer thing and it's not like there's been any like long-run studies that are actively like 
looking at this type of phenomena either. Yeah. It just it felt kind of out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But hey, if I can get uh, if I can get some free uh, some free counseling and drugs because I play a lot of games, I guess. Mm-hmm. If there's a silver line. <laughs> yeah, like the the main overarching issue I had with it was like not all games are the same. Like they're so different. So how can you just like encompass all of them and say these can do this to you? When there's so many different games and people interact with the game so differently. Well, and then I wonder, does this article even mention I wanna I'm gonna do a control F on this entire page right here. And I'm gonna look for the word I don't see it. Oh, there it is. See it talks about teens being addicted to smartphones. That's the yeah, only mention of the word phone. Yeah. And then in the the video that they have on there, it just said like, oh, he plays Overwatch and Counter Strike and stuff like that. And then they say they're designed to keep you playing. But the funny thing is, is they'll say this about gamers, quote unquote gamers. My mom probably logs more hours of like straight up just Candy Crush and stupid phone Mm -hmm. games. Like probably just as many hours as I play. Because even when she's watching TV, she's like playing a game on her phone. Mm hmm. But she would never like, and but then she'll tell me I play too many games, or she used to tell me like you play too many of those games. It's just like where where are the where are the classifications, and where do we draw the line between what medium can be judged by these standards? Because it's sitting at a computer, and I think that's a big part of the stigma. Like the video here shows a kid sitting at a computer. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. And he's it, not even playing a game. He's on Microsoft Word. It doesn't. It doesn't show the the sixty two year old mom sitting on her couch playing her phone for five hours a day. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, that's that, also a thing too. Like gamers are like always stereotyped as like the younger audience, but most people that buy games are like my age to your age. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The debate rages on. I don't think gaming's a disorder. I think it's a symptom, not a. It's probably some other shit going on in your life, or you have some other, probably some other shit going on in your life, or you have some other mental uh, hurdles that you're trying to overcome. Mm-hmm. And then co- I think I think the biggest issue I had with it: if you're an adult and you're doing that. It's it's a lot different than being a kid and doing that. Because I remember growing up, if I was spending too much time on the computer, my mom would just be like, all right, you can't do that anymore. And I was like, huh? And then she's like, yeah, you can't. I'm turning it off. Go play outside. And I was like, oh, okay. Now I have no control over that now. Right. Right. Yeah, no, that's true. But like, I for, so for personal experience without getting too in detail Mm -hmm. uh my second marriage was so for those who don't know my first wife passed away she had cystic fibrosis um my second marriage was a a train wreck and neither of us were happy 
for nine, like ninety five percent of the time, and uh, that was probably the time in my life when I played more video games than I've ever played in my life. I stopped going to bed with her, and I would stay up all night playing video games, um, because she made it pretty apparent that she wanted nothing to do with me. <laughs> So my response to that was like, okay, well, then I'm just going to go escape into my, you know, I'm going to go play League of Legends and talk shit and crush, you know, my enemies. Like it was my, it was, it was the only way that I had at that time to cope with like a lot of really, really hard, hurtful shit that was going on in my life. That's just what I did. And as I, I gained a lot of weight, I played a lot of games, um, it was generally with like the same three or four people. Uh, in fact, Techno Man was one of them. Techno Man eighty four, my friend Tony, that was here a minute ago. Mm-hmm. I we'd log on and play League almost every night together because you know it was it was a release. It was a way that I could connect with some of my friends, and that that's one thing. I, like I was thinking about this earlier today. If it wasn't video, like so before video games. When when shit wasn't going well at home, you know, what was the stigma? You know, if you watch those old shows like Married with Children or like The Simpsons or whatever, you know, it's it's uh it's Moe's Tavern or it's uh or the what's the one in uh Family Guy, the clam or whatever. Oh yeah. Like before video games there there was still an escape it just you know you couldn't log on and talk to your friends and play games but you could walk down to the the local pub and expect to see the same five or six people there who were all coping with some issue and they're all there to drink and socialize and talk about their problems and take out their aggressions or whatever like it it's the same thing it's just a different medicine you know, like, and that that's really, because that's what it was for me. Like, League of Legends was my, was my most tavern. Like, it's where I could log on and uh, release and, and talk to my group of friends. I had a mumble server back then, so we'd all get on my mumble server before Discord was a thing. And that was my social, that was my most tavern. I couldn't get in the car and go anywhere because... I couldn't, but I could log onto my computer and have my my cheers, you know, where everybody knows it was it was my it was my escape. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't the reason my marriage fell apart. It was a symptom for a lot of other terrible shit that I was dealing with. So, I don't know. It's the same stuff perpetuated out throughout history. It just takes different forms. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's not rock and roll music, it's Dungeons and Dragons. If it's not that, it's video games or Japanese animation or, you know. There's always going to be a scapegoat. There's always going to be something else to blame. But in reality, like a lot of people are just really bad at dealing with their problems. And I don't think that means that video games are a disorder. I think it just means that it's just another way people have found to cope with being a human.
Yeah, especially when a lot, of, a lot of the time it's hard to deal with your problems, especially when you can't quite be sure what those problems are. <laughs> yeah, it seems harder and harder these days. That's true with the whole social media thing. You feel like everyone else is perfect and you're never quite good enough. Yeah, it's like those feel-good memes you see everywhere where it's like you're comparing your your behind the scenes to their highlight reel and it's like you're not wrong but you're not totally right either Cabziel says I would say that although you're saying is true I think that there is a possibility for a of a real game addiction and I'm not saying there's not oh, but yeah. What I'm saying is I tend to agree with what this guy is saying and that it's premature. There has not been, there's been no like legitimate peer reviewed, like scientific neurological studies to say that like, this is a legitimate thing. The world health organization just decided it's a thing. And that's what bugs me. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do more research and do more funding. Uh, yeah, Nero would be... This would be a great... We need to get Nero on the podcast and have this discussion because he'd probably be able to break... We would probably sound like a bunch of fucking jagoffs right oh, now yeah. if he was here. He'd be like, no, 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 Jimmy. Let me tell you how it really is. Let me tell you about how your brain works. <laughs> Good point. No, we should get Nero on here. I think that would be awesome. I'm, I'm just saying not. that, like, I think it's a little premature to say, yep, it's an addiction. It's a disorder. And uh, people who spend too many times playing the games, they've got a brain problem and they need to have a lobotomy. You know, like, <laughs> whatever. I, th- I think it, it just needs more. Uh... Well, one of the big reasons that it maybe doesn't need as many studies, etc., is that it is essentially a gambling addiction. It is, but it isn't. Because they're gambling, the difference is gambling has an actual quantifiable reward in of in value. Gambling addiction is a whole different thing because there's a promise of increase of wealth. Yeah, you're always chasing that high of I can make so much money. I did it once, I can do it again. Like. Mm. And it, it's hard to quantify that in a game because, like, in that article, the person in question, he played Overwatch and Counter-Strike. But that those are very... Like, even those two games are very wildly different from each other, even though they're both FPS. So it's just such a big thing that, like, yeah, there needs to be a study done that can really, like, narrow down, like, is it all games? Is it, like, are people predisposed to these type of games? And, like, is it different from games that are intentionally designed to, like, suck you in and, like, open your wallet? CSGO, at least, is literally gambling. Well, the game itself isn't gambling. The whole... The the whole loot box thing is is a part of CSGO. And, I, you know, there could be... But that's all loot boxes are gambling. And that's why... There's so much controversy around that right now as they're trying to get that removed from games because it is gambling and it's teaching kids to gamble. I mean, it's basically like you're paying a X amount of money in hopes that you get something better in hopes that you get like that rare knife or that, you know, whatever. So yeah, it's, it's a bigger issue in CSGO because you can convert that digital item into actual money. Right. Whereas like Overwatch, it's just you have more digital content. 
We're talking about the gameplay, gameplay itself. We're not talking about the subsystems and loot crates and, and, uh, you know, currencies and things like that. Like, obviously that stuff gets into a whole nother area that needs to be addressed. And there's debates that rage on about that. I'm talking about the act of playing games itself as an addiction. Yeah, like, could one get addicted to Dark Souls type thing? Like, just from the gameplay, is there something about it that makes it inherently addictive? And can you prove that people can become... That it is a legitimate disorder? And... In rare cases, I would say yes, but I would say we need there. There definitely needs to be more research done before you can make a broad statement about it as a whole. That's all. That's all I'm saying is like let's be careful in what we decide. Is like because if you create if you call it a disorder and you create a negative stigma, it can actually do more harm than good when it comes to like legitimate research or like having these types of conversations and ha- be- being able to openly discuss these types of issues as soon as you throw a disorder label on something people are just going to write it off as like oh yeah he's got the gaming disorder and it's going to close a lot of doors for conversations that potentially we could be having about it because well the world health organization said it's a disorder so case closed uh you're playing too many games and you need to stop not like hey why are you playing so many games like what's going on like what you know where where did this start what what uh, led to this what is it about these games that appeals to you you know a lot of those questions might not be asked because it just you know well it's a disorder so yeah like based on the article i would be classified with this disorder cuz i spend like pretty much all of my time on the computer but it's just because what else am i going to do with all this time that i have well, you I should be. I can, I can only walk my dog so much. You should be exercising, and you should be. I, uh, I don't know. I should be writing poetry. <laughs> you should be plundering the seas and getting that booty. So yeah, I don't know. I agree that there is probably like. Maybe some rare, few and far between cases of legitimate video game disorder, but I don't think it's as common or as rampant as the World Health Organization wants people to believe. Yeah, this article makes it sound like it's tons of people, but I mean, with how many <gasps> are they back out these days? It's possible that it is coming, or there is like that. And it could be a good thing because then there could be more studies on it and we can find out like how to treat it. Yeah. I think it's just premature and I think it's dangerous to just like, yep, you're all dumb now. You're all broken. (laughs) All you gamers out there who enjoy your hobbies, even though your parents probably spend just as many hours watching TV or playing golf or smartphone games. Nope. You millennials, or you've all got the video game in disorder. It's an epidemic, and it's got to be solved. Like, that's that's the kind of shit I don't want to see happen. And that's what happens, though, when you put labels on shit. 
So, did this get resolved? I was going to talk about this, but I just pulled it up and... Uh... Let me see if I can find thing. Because I believe Blender, their videos all came back, but they were sent a contract basically saying, we'll bring it back, but you have to monetize it. Why? Why do they have to monetize their videos? Because they're using up so much of YouTube's resources that they need their money? I'm not sure. Let's see if I can find it. I don't know where it was that I saw it. Because I, I saw it and I looked at it. It might have been on Twitter. So for those who don't know, what we're talking about... Uh... <laughs> Good to know I'm just broken. That's a load off my back. Exactly. You don't have to try anymore. You can just be like, yeah, I'm broken. Fuck it. I need that disability check, please. The government's going to pay for some psychologist to fix me because I'm a video game addict. I'm broken. I just need a lot of Adderall, and I'll overcome these challenges. All right, I found it. I'll link it to you right now. So, uh, Blender. So, YouTube, notoriously, as always, continues to change their policies and fuck people uh, in one way or another. And uh, recently, they changed some of their policies about... um, What was it? It had to do with promo- uh, something to do with third-party promotion or something like that. Do you know, James, like the details of what the policy was that caused this? Oh, like of the censorship? Not specifically. I just know it had to do with like copyright type stuff. Okay. Who owns what? Right. Because like Blender has all these videos... And if someone said, oh, well, I own, like, something in that, and then YouTube's just like, oh, I guess he does. And, they like, oh, that's three strikes. Like, take down the channel. Yeah. Yeah, because, so, for those who don't know, Blender is a completely open source, free 3D modeling and video editing, basically. Like, it has some... It does a lot. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge program that lets you do some really, really powerful stuff, and it's completely free and open source. Mm-hmm. And there's the Blender. Is it the Blender Foundation, basically? Yes. That uh, built it. created this YouTube channel full of tutorials and just, like, really cool videos on how you can use Blender, how to take advantage of its features, showcasing some different projects and artists. And, like, it's a really good channel if you're into this type of stuff. And they have never monetized it mm-hmm. as far as i know none of these videos have ads on them at all it's well, just to they... basically showcase blender mm-hmm. and to get people interested in using blender and like overcoming so it's 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 a really powerful piece of software but it's an overwhelming piece of software if you've never oh, yeah. used anything like that before so these videos really help to bridge that gap for a lot of creative minds who might want to jump into blender but like you hit those walls or those hurdles or just like you get demotivated. So like this channel really helps people have a place where they can be like, all right, I'm, I need to figure out like, I really want to use this, but like, I don't see the potential or I don't know how to get past this hurdle or how to make this thing work. And that's exactly what this channel does is it like bridges a lot of those gaps and gets, and gets people on board with blender and the whole entire channel got shut down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know especially when people bring up Blender, they bring it up in terms of 3D like modeling software. 
but you can make an entire game in Blender. Oh yeah. You can animate your enti- like an entire film in Blender. You can do basic video editing in Blender. Yeah. I know uh Dr. Di- not Dr. <laughs> Disrespect, Dr. Disillusion, that's how he does like all of his effects. Yeah, he does them all in Blender. And I mean you can import and export like tons of different file formats and you know mm-hmm. texture packs and 3D models and it's just a crazy piece of software. I mean, what was that one? Uh, there was a whole movie made that that bird movie. There was a, like within the last few years, there was a movie that came out that was entirely made in Blender. Like all the graphics, sound, video editing, everything. It was made in Blender, and it was like a it was a three D animated film that had to do with birds. <clears throat> you could probably Google it real quick and figure out what it is, but. Uh, Because of a policy change that YouTube made, the entire channel, every single video, Guardians of something? No. Uh, Oh, Piero. Bird movie. Oh, wait, did you just search Blender Bird movie? Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly what I searched. It's not Piero. It's called uh, Creating Piero, maybe. I forget what it's called. Blender. Let me just search Blender movie. Oh, I know what Ninja's talking about, but yeah, I don't think that was Blender. Now it's going to drive me crazy if I can't open projects. Let's see what the... uh, So let's go to projects and see what kind of... So Agent 329. Tears of Steel. So yeah, it looks like there's quite a few projects these days that are using Blender. Yo, Frankie, Elephant's Dream. Oh, maybe Big Buck Bunny. No, that's that's not birds. There was a bird movie. I swear there was. I'm gonna have to look. I'm gonna I to... only know Big Buck Bunny because that's a benchmark people use for 4K TVs. <laughs> I'm here. What's up, Mini? How you doing? So we're talking about uh, the whole YouTube Blender fiasco. So yeah, anyway, YouTube changed the policy and they essentially deleted Blender's channel. Like the channel was still there, but every single video was removed from YouTube entirely. You couldn't find any of their tutorials, any of their promotional movies, anything. Their whole channel was just... So... uh, they like reached out to YouTube. They like, I did. Was there ever a response? Did they ever say what happened? Or because it seems like the channel's back up now, mm-hmm. but there were like everyone was just like, "What the fuck?" Like a completely free, demonetized, demonetized like Reagan parent. Oh. I just saw the name of some of these videos. Anyway, that's kind of scary to me only because like I'm a huge user and promoter and proponent and writer of open source software. Like half of the tools that I use from GIMP to uh, Inkscape to OBS um, to... Uh, CD uh, XP CD burner like they're all free open source tool uh, VLC like VLC one of the most powerful open source tools like even Chrome or Firefox like 
These are all open source tools and make a circle, Jimmy. Make a circle in GIMP. Use the circle command in GIMP to make a circle. I can make a circle in GIMP. What are you talking about? It's not that hard. That's just that's just the meme that exists because it's like I I forget what Apple product does it. No, not Apple. I forget what the like the super expensive like paid one is. Photoshop. That's it. Where there's like a a circle command to just make circles. Yeah, you can draw basic uh, shapes in Photoshop, I believe. Yeah, but then in GIMP, it's literally like two extra steps. Yeah, well, GIMP, GIMP, there is no GIMP's not really a shape drawing. I don't know. I I I get why it doesn't have that basic functionality, mm-hmm. and I get I get why people are butthurt about it. But yeah, people just circle jerk that. But it's like just if you just Google, how do I make a circle in a GIMP? There's tons of videos that are just like you just do this. I need to expand from GIMP. I've just used it for so long that I'm super comfortable with <laughs> Like I'm I'm really proficient with GIMP. I've got all my keyboard shortcuts and stuff. Everything that you see on my stream for the most part was created with GIMP. Like my background, my uh my little startup floating bucket animation, um uh, a lot of the overlays and pop-ups and like all that stuff. I don't I don't really use Photoshop. I use GIMP. Because mm-hmm. once I got my degree in computer science and got a job as a software developer, I started to feel guilty about stealing most of my software, so I stopped. I used to use Photoshop and I used to pirate all kinds of shit. Uh and then I just was like, "You know what? Like there's I need to give these open source tools a shot." And if I really need Photoshop that bad, I'll buy it. But I don't. Like, I'm a hobby graphics creator. None of the stuff I do is that crazy, like, impressive or talented. So I should just use GIMP. It gets the job done. If I ever became a professional graphic designer, sure, I'd I'd shell out the money for Photoshop. But there's enough alternatives now that it's not really necessary. Mm Mm-hmm. Same with like Steam. Like once I got Steam, like I never. I think I. I. I don't think I've pirated a game since I uh, created my Steam account. Because it makes it so easy. Yeah, it's more time and energy to pirate a game now than it is to just wait for it to come on sale. Mm-hmm. So, big ups to uh, Valve for resolving uh, piracy with convenience. <laughs> If only the uh, the if only the music industry had done it sooner. I oh, mean, they're yeah. f- they're finally catching up with uh, like Spotify is pretty good now. You can get almost anything on Spotify for like ten bucks a month. But I don't know. I think the whole like Netflix fiasco and I think that was handled very poorly by the music industry. If they were smart, they would have been like, "Holy shit, we can." Distribute music this way and charge money for it. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, shut it down. Everyone has to buy CDs because CDs are the future. <laughs> buy yeah, our. Like, think about it too. Like when you buy like a physical media, and like if it's music, you get tired of it at some point, and then like maybe you'll pull it out and listen to it again every once in a while. But other than that, you're not listening to it all the time, right? Yeah, well, and then, like, the whole just how 
during when all that stuff was going on, people forget that there was like fucking mini disc. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, they were trying to push these like they're still physical like technology had proven that people want digital music. Mm-hmm. And you're still trying to like innovate these new physical mediums and it's just like are you really that out of touch like why would I shell out and mini discs were like they were cool and all like I don't know like if you a ever laser disc. Did you ever use mini disc? No. It was a cool tech. It was a cool technology, but like, it was way too late. Like, if mini discs had come out like a couple years after CDs, it might have been. It it very likely would have been successful. But it was just like when everything else was already starting to happen, and MP3s were becoming a a thing. And you had like the iPod on the horizon, and they're like, "But mini discs." It's just like, why? Like, I don't know. Mini disc was, was such a weird enigma of, like, but it was pushed so hard. I remember seeing commercials for mini disc where the dude's got like a little strap on his arm with his little mini disc player, and he's like popping the disc in, and like, yeah, like. I, but I don't even remember what the capacity you was. Know, it was terrible. And I, I don't know. I had I had a couple friends, like wealthier friends, who had mini disc, who kept swearing that it was like the next big thing. Just like, all right, dude, you uh, you do your thing. I miss I miss Napster. I I, I that's probably uh why I'm so bitter about all of it. There was a small period of time where, uh, so I had, you know, we, everyone had dial up for the longest time and then Napster came out. And then there was a brief period after Napster came out where, uh, cable, at least where I lived, cable television, no cable internet (gasps) became a thing. And it was mind-blowing. Like, going from kilobytes per second. Because you're talking, like, back in the day, you're talking about 56K modems. Like, KBPS. Like, kilobytes per second. Like, so incredibly slow. Compared to, like, like, when we got cable. Guys, I have a new product named after me. Mini discs. (laughs) You should change your Twitch name to Minidisc. That'd be great. When cable internet came out, it blew my brain apart. Just how fast it was. It was just like... uh, You instantly knew that you would never be able to go back to dial-up. Like, the first time you load a website, or go to download a file, or do anything, or play... Like, that's what made online gaming even remotely possible like you could you could play like some of the older games that were had really good net code like you could play starcraft over dial-up there's a lot of games you could play over dial-up but like for fps's and like a lot of the the faster like data heavier games that were coming out that required server-side like communication a lot more complex server-side communication let's say that yeah like with hit registration and all that stuff, there was a lot more data that needed to be sent 
And uh, cable made that all possible. But anyway, coming back to what I was going to say, there was a brief period where Napster was still a thing. It hadn't gotten shut down yet. And my dad upgraded our internet to cable. So there was a brief period of time where I had cable internet speeds and a Napster account. And I, oh, I remember this story. I downloaded so much music. I had to buy another hard drive. Like I, I literally just like would queue up hundreds of songs, like the night before, and just wake up and just and then, then I'd start burning CDs and selling them at school. I was the only kid like in my neighborhood that had cable internet, so I'd burn. Like people would be like, "Oh, can you get me this album?" I'll give you five bucks for it. Cause like CDs back then were like 15, 20, 25, like CDs were expensive, especially new releases. So I made some good money in high school from uh, downloading MP3s and burning them for kids at school. CD burners were terrible back then, by the way, they were like maybe one in four actually like successfully burned the disc. But the in, the music industry got it all wrong. Mm-hmm. I they, just think they couldn't predict that streaming was going to be as big as it could be. Or just how to monetize it as well as it is now. I don't know. I, I've heard some stories about like them even talking to Napster and, and like other other people coming to like some of these studios and being like, look, like take advantage of this technology. Like you can just you can monetize this. Mm-hmm. And I think I, it's just short sightedness, really. It is, yeah, of course. Because There's if always- you sell like a million copies of a twenty dollar CD, that's twenty million. You can't really gauge how much you can make off of like a five dollar subscription for like the next ten years. And that's why, once again, despite them not being my favorite company in the world, Apple kicked everybody's ass all over the place. Because they were like, oh, okay, people want digital music? Here's a hard drive with a screen on it. Mm-hmm. And here's a service where you can buy songs for a buck a pop. And then they buy won. Whatever songs you want. And that's why, that's why they won. But it took them fucking forever and then it still wasn't streaming i mean that was like you had to download them you had to buy them and download them then upload them to your device Mm -hmm. but at the time that was still like revolution oh no absolutely no i'm I'm not i'm not meaning to discredit what they accomplished because they did it they did it first and they did it well and they did they they had enough uh what what's which one a foresight is that the word I'm looking for? They had enough yeah, foresight. foresight to realize that that's where things were headed. And uh, as much as I praise Spotify, um, I do have my, I definitely have major issues with their service. Um, number one being compensation. Because you hear about these artists who like 
we'll hit it big with a track or whatever, and they'll get like a few million plays. And I'll be like, yeah, we made like a thousand dollars. It's just like, how is that? I don't know the 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 pay the pay scale and pay model on some of those yeah. services is just disgusting. Like I remember one band, they uploaded a song that was like purely silence, and then they just told their fans, "Hey, listen to it on loop while you're sleeping." So, so, so they could actually earn money. money. Yeah, no, it was a it was a band that I listen to and plug all the time. It was uh, Wolfpack. Oh, was it? It was. There's a. There's actually a YouTube video of them. If you search for Wolfpack, V U L F P E C, uh, silent song news coverage or whatever. There's. There's actually an interview with them on the news where they talk. They just like straight up were like, "Yeah, there's nothing in the policy saying we couldn't do it." So. Uh, and All right, they, here it is. The band who made twenty thousand from their silent Spotify album. And he. The interview is really funny because he's like talking super vague and just like being kind of like flippant about the whole thing and just like, I don't know. But yeah, it was uh, Wolfpack. They they exposed the fact that like if you get a song that's just pure silence approved and people play it enough times, you'll make money. But other than that, you're not making money. Like mm. l- your song literally has to pl- be played like millions of times for you to expect any type of reliable income from those streaming services and that's why that's one of the reasons i use pretzel Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think more services like pretzel should exist i think more artists should stop signing contracts and stop promoting these terribly offensive and abusive business practices and they should look for alternatives where they can actually make some money We don't like, I don't know, the whole model of like copyright law and uh, third party producers and distributors and all that stuff. Like that whole industry doesn't need to exist anymore. Yeah, like the whole idea of, oh, we got signed by this big record label and now we're going to hit it big. Like that doesn't like total need to exist anymore. Nah. It's not as big as it once was where you needed them to distribute and like they would make or break like a band yeah I mean look at uh, look at Bo Burnham mm-hmm. he just had like I there was a post on YouTube or uh, on Reddit I was a but it was a post of his original somebody reali- recognized I think a couple days ago that it was 10 years it was a 10 year anniversary of him uploading Bo for show, like his very first, yep. or high on Bo, or whatever that very first video was that he uploaded. And he was just some talented ass kid sitting in his living room writing some double entendre, like super clever, offensive lyrics and making YouTube videos. And that's all it took. Mm-hmm. The content is king. And now he has a movie out today. Oh, shit. By the way, uh, I'm going to call out Lady Navio. We're probably going to call it a night soon. Uh, it's been a good discussion. But uh, Lady Navio, his last tour that he did, the uh, what was his last special called on YouTube? Make Happy? No, was that the Netflix? Was it Make Happy? I th- yeah, I think that was it. It was either yeah, it whatever was the most recent one was. So when I was dating Lady Navio... Uh, 
Jimmy, you should never stop dating your girlfriend. <laughs> We're still life. dating. I promise. I bought her flowers today and took her to lunch. Um. So she, uh, uh, I feel I almost feel bad calling her out for this, but uh, she bought tickets for her and her siblings and like two of her best friends to go see that show live. You know, did you did you recognize whose name was not included in that list? Was it you, Jimmy? <laughs> Literally like all of our friends and her two brothers which I was also friends with, like she they all went and I just sat at home and I didn't go. She didn't buy me a ticket. And I I still give a crap about it today. The so lady Navio if you're listening. Thanks for For seeing Bo Burnham without me. <laughs> I hope you feel bad about your decisions. I mean, I think I was in school or working. I know I wasn't. Was I? I don't remember. But it yeah. was like, it was that one weekend I had off. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh man, it was so cool. It sounds cool. That sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, because I watched the, the Netflix special he had, and then he had one for YouTube too. But then, like, watching it on video. Would not compare to actually being there live. Oh, yeah, no. Especially with the the type of stuff he would do, like, with the audience, like, there on the spot. It sounded like a spiritual experience, Mm -hmm. and uh, I am the one person in our circle of friends that was not there for it. Mm. So thanks, 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 Lady She's made it up to me, though. She's bought me... I think uh, to make it up to me, I think what she ended up doing is... uh, I think she's the one that bought us tickets. We went and saw um, Panic at the Disco open for Weezer hmm. at the Shoreline Amphitheater, which is the outdoor amphitheater that's like right next to the Google campus. Oh. Like in Silicon Valley. So I feel like I feel like she redeemed herself with that one. I got to see uh and it was right after uh it was right after whatever that movie, what that terrible DC movie. Uh, Batman versus Superman. <laughs> <laughs> no, almost as bad as that one. No, the one with the bad guys. Um, the one oh, with the Joker. It down. The oh, one with Joker uh, and Harley Quinn. Suicide Squad. Yeah, it was right after Suicide Squad came out. And for those who don't know, Muse, not Muse, fuck. Panic at the Disco actually did a very respectable cover uh, well made, pretty good. Like had some. They they put their own little twist on it. Version of the song. Is mm-hmm. this the real life? And uh, song. Is mm-hmm. this the real life? And uh, so that that happened right before or right during that tour, or whatever. So we I did get the opportunity to see Panic at the Disco uh, perform bohemian rhapsody live which hmm. was really cool i bet it was that dude's crazy talented and if i i'd probably i'd probably go gay for him i'm just saying just you know if he he, he could be on my short list for dudes dudes i'd bang if given <laughs> the option <laughs> If I could, this is the wood list. The, <laughs> the wood list. Hey-oh! Puns. Boys got puns. 
I know. Um, As I was saying that, I was like, this is probably the best fun I've made. <laughs> He's on the if I could, I would list. I like that. That's a good takeaway for the night. But uh, yeah, so it looks like Blender's back up. We're going to have to do some more research because I want to find out what happened. There had to have been some type of... Did you find anything? like? Oh, the uh, the article I linked, there was... Because uh, after I, I found it, because the uh, the owner... Not, well, not the owner. The founding like guy of the Blender Foundation like posted it. And then I found an article that they put where it was essentially like... It was a combination of like bad UI and bad customer support because it was like a bug... So because they didn't like choose to monetize, which was like an option somewhere that they didn't see in their new creator studio, that it just flagged everything as like, oh, this is copyrighted like worldwide because this people owns it. Weird. Yeah, I do see this here. It says uh, Google sent a contract to Blender Foundation in which we have to accept monetizing our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Time That's for- what I thought was weird. That is very weird. I wonder if it's because they're using a lot of bandwidth and they're not generating any income for YouTube. Because they do have a lot of videos. Yeah, but that's also weird too because it's like they don't let you monetize until you have like 10,000... Like, no, not 10,000. Like one... No, 10,000 hours. Right. Like in the past like year. So it was like... If that's really an issue, they've monetized like everything they could. Well, there's still like thousands of like one-off accounts with one video that takes up space. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. It seems very strange. I've never heard of them doing that. I don't know if this yeah, is a part of Yeah, especially since new... they sent them a contract saying like, oh, you will agree to monetize this, this content. Yeah, that seems odd. It's not a good precedent. If anything else, like, I don't know if I like like so just like public service channels who are just trying to provide free information like Mm -hmm. without wanting to monetize it or anything like is that not is that no longer an option on YouTube like if you're not making them money you're not allowed to be on their service it's kind of the message that it sends here right like yeah this isn't a this isn't a free video hosting site. If you're gonna put that much content on our platform, you need to uh, let us make money off of you. Essentially, is what it feels like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't like it. <sighs> Good morning and a friendly Hadouken. What's up, Hedgehog? We're actually probably just about to call it a night, actually. Uh, I just said actually like two or three times. I hate myself. Actually? So we, please, somebody punch me. I, can you, I need, a, I need a, like a, a command for Nightbot to virtually punch me in the mouth every time I say actually. I hear myself saying terrible things sometimes, and I just... I really try not to. I, I've started saying uh and like a lot more than I would like oh. to as well. I'm really trying my best to curb that habit. I went back and watched some of the podcast stuff, and I'm just like so angry at myself sometimes with how much I do that. I need to just stop and collect my thoughts and stop filling the silence with noise all the time. Mm-hmm. I remember every sentence I would end it with like, and it was the hardest habit I ever had to break because I would just speak like, and then I was like, 
and then like, and then it wasn't until my mother was like, you know, you say like a lot. And I was like, huh? She's like, yeah, all like every other word you're saying like, why? And I was like, I, I, I never realized. Is that I something mean, I've done? Every region has their thing like that, but I feel that it's particularly bad. Like California, the whole like thing is just rampant. I feel like it's a very California thing. Yeah, we're always comparing two things. <laughs> like, you know, like when you like go to the store, like it's it's bad. I love the did you ever see the Californian skit on SNL? I don't think so. Oh my gosh, you got to you got to look that up. Because you spend at least half of your time in California, you got to look up the California skit. So, and one of the things that I, I had a, you know, I've had this discussion with a couple of people. I didn't know this until I was talking to people when I was on my mission and I was meeting people from like back east. Mm -hmm. They pointed out that Californians are one of the only people in the country, one of the only like groups that identifies their freeways with the word the. I noticed that. Like the 101, the 99, the 405, like it's the only one. Like it's that important that, like, and not only that, but Californians, especially people in LA, have all of that shit memorized. And they know that that's like their reference point for everything. And that, so that's part of the Californian skit is like they'll bring up someone's, they'll be like, oh, that's a, uh, that's Stuart. Oh, Stuart? Yeah, he lives over by the, uh, the amphitheater. Yeah, you can get there by taking the 405 to the, to the 101 to the, you know, they, they just like reference everything in terms of where it is in relation to a freeway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just like, it's right. It's a little bit on the nose, but it's really funny. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think that's a Californian thing just because of how far we drive to like work and like recreation as well. Well, yeah, California is so large and the public transit is so terrible that you have to have a car. Mm -hmm. It's There's more people that drive in California than anywhere in the country. Like in New York or San Francisco or any of those major metropolitan areas, they, have, they actually have decent public transit. They've got, you know, like in San Francisco, you got the BART. When we were in San Francisco, we didn't, we used our car maybe once. We were able to use the BART because the BART is a um, it's a rail and bus system. So mm -hmm. you can you can buy a BART card and you can just get everywhere you need to go from, you know, Oakland to San Francisco. It's all connected through the BART. Yeah, that's like when I visited New York City, I was like, this subway is amazing. Yeah, just being like, able to buy a subway ticket and mm -hmm. just go somewhere like. Yeah, when I visited my friend, she was just like. Oh yeah, we're pro we're gonna be using it a lot. So just buy like the the three day pass since you're gonna be here for that long, right? And then we'll teach you how to use it. She was like, "Yeah, we're gonna jump on this one. You're gonna stop there. We're gonna transfer to that one." And then ju just after like a few hours of using the subway system, it was like, "Oh, okay. So if I want to go here, just jump on that line, then go to that one, and it's just so easy. You know when it's gonna show up." Yeah, and it's kind of there's there's something very magical about like when when we when we did use the Bart, there's something magical about just like walking down a stairway into a cave and getting on a train and then walking out the other end and popping out into a completely different part of the city. 
Mm-hmm. Like it, it just, I don't know. It's so. It's it one of the advanced. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, what happened to L.A.? It's like one of the largest me- metropolitan areas. And there's, I mean, there's that whole con- there's that whole theory about uh, the car, the auto industry buying up all the trains and subways and destroying them. Mm-hmm. on purpose like there's a whole history of that in los angeles apparently hmm. yeah because the, there's the metro link that doesn't even compare no like, no there's at all. there's nothing there's no good public transit that can get you where you want to go in los angeles but there should be it's a perfect it's a perfect environment for something like that because of how many it's not like los angeles is not a city it's like it's a, a net style it's a network of cities and it would be perfect to just have subway stops between all of those hubs, you know. You've got Beverly Hills and Hollywood and Santa Monica and uh Glendale. Uh I mean it, it Pasadena. Like imagine if you could just pop between all of those different LA suburbs through some type of subway system. It would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Other but in reality what you end up doing is spending three hours in traffic to move like 15 miles oh yeah it's a nightmare because everybody's driving a car because there's no public transit so because of that you memorize systems in the cross streets and the streets and the neighborhoods and the you know which connects to what and if i if this one's backed up what other route what other freeway or highway can i take like it's it's crazy yeah like i forgot when it happened but it was like oh this this freeway is going to be like closed down because they're doing something to it. So they're going to have to like take a detour, which is probably going to be faster because now more people are spread out over the other parts of the freeway that was largely ignored. Since if you want to go from point A to B, that's the quickest like route. And even though it's the quickest, it's full of traffic. Yeah. Well, and so, uh, that's why when Waze first came out, it was pretty revolutionary, but it pissed off a lot of people. And when I say Waze, I'm talking about the phone app, W-A-Z-E. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, GPS app, but it was a social GPS app, but it had like an AI element to it that could mm-hmm. like learn better routes based on where other people were going. Yeah. And so like it would reroute you. I, I used it for a while and like I used to go to LA fairly often and it would find me some crazy good routes where it'd be like, oh, yeah, up here in like 10 minutes, you're going to hit a uh, traffic jam. So get off, turn here and, t- and take this way. But it would take you through some like crazy, like you'd go straight through some neighborhoods and like probably areas where traffic doesn't usually go. Mm-hmm. So a lot of like homeowners associations and neighborhood like like communities and stuff were protesting it because otherwise quiet neighborhoods were starting to see all this traffic they never saw before because it's getting rerouted by these GPS apps, these smart routing apps that are saying, Oh yeah, it's backed up. So just go through this neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. It's but like sometimes this- if you like driving through the neighborhood at like 30 miles an hour limit, it's still faster than the freeway sometimes. Waze took me through a park in Philly once, 30 miles per hour the whole way, next to the raised highway at a standstill. 
Dude, it took me on the old five freeway underneath the actual five through the Los Angeles Valley, like between Valencia and Los Angeles. I didn't know that road existed. It was crazy, but it got me there. Like it was a much shorter drive, but like, so for those who don't know, the, uh, there's a city, there's Valencia and then there's Los Angeles and there's a valley. There's like a mountain range between them, but there's kind of a valley that weaves through there. The old five, the old five freeway was at the bottom of that valley, and it was like a two or three lane road that just basically followed the mountains, like through the the natural valley, from Valencia to Los Angeles. Well, eventually, as traffic just got worse and worse, they built an elevated freeway, like that goes through the top of the valley. So it's like way above where the actual valley floor is, but they never got rid of the old five freeway. So there's actually a, the old five freeway still runs all the way through the bottom of that valley underneath the five freeway. And I, I had no idea until one day, like my phone was like, oh, it's backed up. Take this. And I get off the freeway and I get on the old five freeway and the, literally I'm like passing all the traffic on the freeway above me. On this little two-lane road that went through the bottom of the valley. So, it's pretty cool when it works. But I can also see why people would be pissed when, like, they've lived in a quiet neighborhood for 20 years. And their kids have always been able to play out in the street. And Mm -hmm. now you've got, like, Mustangs flying by at 45 miles an hour because Waze told them it was the shortest route. Yeah, it's funny, too, because, like, now with Google Maps, it just tells you, like, oh, yeah, there's traffic here and there just because Google now has just aggregates all that data for you. Well, yeah, Google bought Waze because their shit worked so well. A lot oh, of people a lot of people don't know that Waze is owned by Google. They still they still maintain the app and like it still has. But they're using all that Waze data in, in Google Maps now. Mm hmm. But Waze still does. Uh, Waze is a more like extreme version of Google Maps because they'll take you on whatever fucking route they possibly can to get you there faster. Drive through this driveway. <laughs> It'll save you thirty seconds on your drive. <laughs> Bribe this homeowner, and he'll open a side gate that will take ten minutes off your route. Yeah, so. Anyway, Pedgehog, thanks for... Californians. Californians. You got to watch that skit. It's good. Um, Also, Get Out. Just watch that. Great movie. A lot of plot twists. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Lady Navia fell asleep, but she just finished it during the podcast just now. She, Mm. I don't know if you saw that earlier, but she messaged and said she just finished Get Out. That movie's insane. It's like a Shyamalan movie, except every scene is a twist. Oh, hmm. Like, there's so many things that happen to you. are like, wait, what the fuck? Wait, what the fuck? Wait, huh? Like, like, there's always, like, it just gets crazier and crazier. And just, like, so many things happen that you don't see coming. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the way the movie was put together. And I'm glad that Peel is getting some recognition. Because he's a talented motherfucker. For those who don't know, uh, uh, Jordan Peel, the co-host of, of Key and Peel. I've heard of this man. He wrote and directed Get Out. It was like oh, his... okay, I know what you're talking about. It was his, like, movie debut, and he won a bunch of awards, and everyone's like, holy shit, this guy, like, came out of nowhere. Because he's, you know, up until then, he had been kind of a comedian, aspiring actor and stuff. 
Yeah. And then he just came out of nowhere with Get Out, and people were, like, blown away by it. Um, is it on Netflix? Is that where we watched it? We just watched it recently. It's on one of those services. It's either Netflix or Amazon Movies or HBO Go or something. Um, let's see. Let's let's find it. It w- it was really good. Oh, we'll here f- we go. Where to stream and watch? Yeah, I usually use canistream.it. That one's usually pretty good. When it's not being slow. But it aggregates all the sites. I want to say it was on Netflix. I'm pretty sure. Might have been on... Wait. Hmm. I don't know. Trying to find it for you real quick. But... While we're looking for it, um, I think we'll, we're going to sign off and call it a night. It's been a solid three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, one more time, I want to plug. Uh, I am in no way affiliated with them. I'm not like I don't give money for plugging them, but I really like their show. And the fact that they're coming to Twitch has me super excited. So if you've never checked out your mom's house podcast, go check it out. Uh they put all their podcasts on YouTube. They also are on all the, the like, Libsyn. They're on all the RSS feeds for podcasts. They're on iTunes, wherever. Uh, Tom Segura and Christina Pajinski, they're a married couple, and they're both comedians, and they're both just, like, foul-mouthed. Like, I, I love them. No apologies, just, like, uh, in Tom Segura's most recent special that he released on Netflix, there was a huge like segment that he did that was like really controversial because he has this whole bit about how you can't say retarded anymore. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the way he approached it is, is really clever and funny and offensive. And I love it. But that being said, they recently realized the power of Twitch. So they're going to start putting their podcasts on. They're going to start live. I don't know if they're doing the presentation mode or like restreaming or whatever. Premiere, yeah. So, but they're going to be live streamed. I know that. So you're going to be able to like chat alongside the podcast, but it's pre-recorded. I don't know. I, I don't know exactly how they're setting it up, but uh, I, I subscribe to them. So I'm going to try. I'm going to the next time they do one of their podcasts. I think they do it every Wednesday. I don't know when they re- they said they're going to release them early on Twitch though. So hmm. I'm interested to see how they approach the platform. I, I like to see the bigger names. Uh, trying newer things. So I'm I will, I'm excited. We'll see what happens. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, did we find Get Out? Did we find out where it's streaming? Oh yet? no. According no. to this, it is streaming on Netflix. Oh wait, no, that's Notify. What? I swear, I, where did we just watch it? I didn't have to pay for it. It's on one of these services. Uh, maybe I can message Lady Navio real quick. Where Facebook. did you just watch it? Yeah, for real. James, anything uh, you want to talk about or plug? or? Oh, well, you know what we never talked about is Vampire. Yeah, we did. On stream? We talked about it before the stream. Did we talk about it on stream? Yeah, we did. Oh shit! Uh, well, the show. Too much, Jimmy. Uh, I gotta lay off the sauce. 
can't even remember what happened in these past three hours. I know, I'm terrible. Oh, by the way, I gotta post a picture in IRL of something Lady Navio did, and it made me so angry. I'll post it there after the uh, the podcast. Have to go. Have fun. See you. Yeah. Have a good night, Petrog. We're about to sign out ourselves. Uh, let's see. Where did we just watch Get Out? Oh, you know what? I'm pretty sure it was HBO Go. Okay, that that would make sense. That's where um, it's, you can watch it for free slash subscription. Well, so if you have HBO Go or HBO Now, I got HBO Go for free because I I basically refused to downgrade my internet so they were like well you can buy the speed boost package i usually try and buy the best internet that i can so they're like you can pay for the speed boost and you get hbo for free and so like that was i was like okay that's i mean that's worth the extra whatever because hbo go is i watch uh westworld and uh game of thrones and all that shit so yeah at least they have a good quality shows yeah yeah and they got some decent documentaries and whatnot, so. It was on the leaving. Oh, so uh, Get Out is, this is the last month it's going to be on HBO. That's right. That's how we found oh. it. We saw it in the uh, Watch It. Uh, they have a section on HBO Go that's like, see it before it goes or something like that. And it's stuff that's about to be taken off the service. So mm-hmm. that's how we found it. But I think you can also find it at like a Red Box or... Um, your local pirate bay or uh you know <laughs> it's it's out there if you want to see it the Almost. local red box if you want to pay and maybe get a movie maybe have you ever been gypped by red box no because i usually get movies i know that's more of an issue with games that it happens like, well, I know that some people were doing that thing where they'll like, they'll literally just like photocopy because all, all they all, when you turn it in, all it does is scan the barcode on the top. Yeah. So people would just photocopy the disc and put the, just a piece of paper of like the photocopied disc back mm-hmm. in the case and turn it in and it would show up that it had been turned in. And then the next person goes to get it and it's just a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. It's Didn't, funny, too, because I saw that. And they were like, oh, just report it, and then you'll get, like, a free credit. And it's like, yeah, but if it's all the time, what's the point? Right. Just Are, a few people ruin it, ruining it for the majority. So I uh, I should be on tomorrow night. I have, to, I have to make a trip in the morning to deal with some stuff. Uh, but I think... Think we should have a thirsty Thursday. We can finally play Mexican Train. I am so down. I bet Lady Navia. If I told her we were playing Mexican Train, she would probably join us. Mm-hmm. And you said you figured out a way to deal out the uh, pieces a little easier too. So. Yeah, I was just messing around. I was like, okay, that would make it so much easier than last time. Yeah, and I, I mean, after we play it a couple times, the the rules and kind of whatnot will get easier. Mm-hmm. I, it's fun. I, I want to do more uh, tabletop sim stuff. We, in fact, like one of these days, we'll we might have to experiment with doing some of that stuff during the podcast. Maybe like put a puzzle together, or play chess or something. I'm, I'm terrible at chess, but oh, same. <laughs> we'll play a little game during the podcast, and just give people something to watch. 
Um, all right, man. Well, all right, yeah. Looking forward to uh, your uh, vampire video, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow night for some Thursday Thursday action. Mm-hmm. Also, don't forget, uh, just drop that sellout link one time. <laughs> Got that uh, Amazon humble bundle merchandise link there. All the money goes towards supporting the podcast and the stream and uh, motivating me to do more shit like this. So I put all the money I make from any of this stuff right back into the the stream and the podcast. I usually do giveaways or buy games or whatnot. So so love you guys. Love you, James. Oh, I love you too, Jimby. Wait, what? Jimby. I was about to say Jimbo, but I was like... So it went to Jim B because I try to go back to Jimmy. I want you to call me Jim B from now on. Jim Hello, B, got I, it, am, boy. I am Jim B. Black Belt Beavis, I'm going to get you, man. You're going to be a guest. Maybe I'll bring you on with Dom and Darko or something because he, he was a maybe for this week, but he ended up having to do his uh, his spiel tonight. So we uh, with, this is our second week without guests, and I'm itching to get some fresh blood in here. Mm-hmm. So so check your DMs, everyone. I'm going to be hitting you guys up to come uh, hang out on our show and talk about silly things. All right. I have stalled long enough. I'm going to go... 10 minutes after we were supposed to end. I know. I'm going to go spend some time with the Lady Navio and uh, post this incriminating picture that uh, I took earlier of something that she did. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. And mm-hmm. then every Wednesday at 6 p.m. That's what I actually meant to say. We'll be back next week for another podcast, 6 p.m. Pacific time. That's West Coast time if you're James. And uh, sleep well. Synaptic command, yep. Yes. We, we, I, we should add the uh, link to the, uh, to the actual clip to that command. Oh you should, yeah, you should have the quote, so but then it should get the context. Yes, because a lot. I don't think a lot of it's 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 an old enough meme now that a lot of people probably don't realize mm-hmm. the the backstory to the uh, West Coast time meme. One of my favorites, though. One of these days, I'm going to make a clip highlight video. I promise. Like ten years from now, it'll be my YouTube premiere. All right. Talk to you later, guys. Have a good night. See y'all later.